Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm fucking sick, I'm fucking hurt, and I don't want to do it anymore. August 13th, 2005, I left professional wrestling. August 20th, 2021, I'm back. Nobody wants you here, they never wanted you here. That whole locker room's afraid to say it's not me. I will be defending all elite wrestling from you. I'm hurt and I'm old and I'm fucking tired and I work with fucking children. There was an altercation with Punk and the Young Buck. I am sorry that the only people softer than you are the wrestlers you like. We've talked about for weeks that this was boiling over. Tell me when I'm telling lies. There was a backstage altercation with Sam Punk and Jack Perry. Today I terminated Phil Brooks, CM Punk for cause. I very much understand that my mere presence makes people uncomfortable. That's because I am the truth, and the truth is painful. Look in my eyes. What do you see? It's Punk Vember for all the family. This is where we go through uh, the highs, the lows, the peaks, the troughs, the fights, the shites, the rights and the wrongs of CM Punk's time as part of All Elite Wrestling. If you haven't done so yet, Please listen to part one before you listen to this. It'll make more sense uh, to discuss uh, the rising tide and the sinking ship that was CM Punk's time as part of Tony Khan's Wonderland. Uh, I am with uh, on my far left and indeed everybody's far left, Fraser I'm Porter. Far, I'm quite far left. I've now got, because Punk Vember, I've now got the image of him as gold member, but loves punk. So <laughs> I love punk instead of he loves gold. You've seen Austin Powers, right? Bro? No. How have you not seen Austin Powers? This strikes me as something that you would. People just go, would love. "Oh, you like Austin Powers?" I'm like, "Yeah." Just never gonna bother to watch <laughs> oh, it's it. It's good. It's good. You have like oh. freaking sharks with freaking lasers on their freaking heads and stuff like that. Yeah, I like Shrek. Mike Weiss is good in that. It's nothing like Shrek. <laughs> it's got a lot more shagging. A lot more shagging. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, the voice that you're hearing there isn't the voice of Gold Member, but rather Wooden Hand. It's Aidan Gibbons, uh, Cultaholic.com's tribal editor in chief. Yes, hello. Yes, I was speaking before my official introduction. Well, that's fine. Speaking of Wooden Hands, my granddad had one. He did indeed. As we mentioned in the past. <laughs> wooden Hand. <laughs> Your granddad with me hand. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great story from one of the early uh, Cultaholic.com yeah. months in review. The story of 
prove your granddad's wooden hand. Wooden hand. Brilliant. Yeah. He lost it in. He lost it on the. A plane on, cut on, it off. A plane came down <laughs> very low. <laughs> What's your granddad's name? Alex. Alex. Woody. <laughs> Unfortunately, we got rid of the wooden hand after he died. I think you should have kept it. We should have kept it. We had, we had it donated it back, right? This custom-made arm specifically for my granddad and was from the 1970s, the point where you had to pull it to lift up the thumb. Like, mind, we have bionic arms now. It's just like, oh, yeah, I'll send it back so we might use it. I'm like, it's designed for his arm. <laughs> the charity shop. <laughs> but I love the idea there is a charity shop somewhere in the northeast that has your granddad's arm in there. No, she, she sent it back to the RES or just some, it's just there somewhere. It might be in like a, a, a museum. In a, in a museum yeah. somewhere. Yeah. The old... yeah. Medical oh. students playing with it. Mm. Thumb in a lift. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, look, we're not here to talk about wooden arms or gold members. We're here to talk about CM Punk and his and his rememberable time as part of AEW. We talked about the journey to AEW for Phil Brooks, how he and Tony Khan got together, and we even talked about uh, the 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 honeymoon period with AEW last time we were together. That incredible feud uh, with MJF, the, the bloody Valentine rivalry there, and it all looked like it was going really, really well. Now it doesn't. So over to Aiden Gibbons, who is going to talk us through part de of Punk Vember, the story of CM Punk in AEW. I feel great. I, I feel like I just wrestled my first match in seven years. Um, so I, it's a lot like a lot of the training I do in combat sports. I feel good. I, I'm, I'm happy. You know, I, I think that's the big thing that kind of resonates through all this, right? Like, I'm just, uh, I understand it, it's, a, it's a different, you know, CM Punk, and some people might, you know, oh, where's, where's angry Phil? I, I got fuck all to be angry about right now, man. I'm just, I'm just happy, and uh, I think people are happy that I'm happy, so I'm just going to kind of ride that wave, you know? I, I, I'm still high as a kite, and I probably will be, um, and I'll, I'll let you know when I'm not anymore. <laughs> So where we left off, Revolution 2022, he's just had this absolutely banging match of MGF. But that's the first signs that all is not quite right. He's had a confrontation with William Regal, called him a stooge for Triple H. And we're sort of looking going, oh, he's flexing his power. And things only get worse from here, Tom. Good. So following Revolution, all of the issues started to come to light of CM Punk's issues in all the wrestling due to a man called Cold Cabana. I mean, we've alluded to this in the last episode, as you'll know, but CM, CM Punk, Cole Cabana, is a well-liked mid-card wrestler, and Tony Khan decided he didn't want to renew Cabana's contract of All Elite Wrestling, with the belief amongst a great deal of the roster was that CM Punk was involved in this decision. CM Punk and Tony Khan have repeatedly denied any involvement in this situation, but people just don't believe them. And Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and what we later come to find out, according to Dave Meltzer, is that CM, CM Punk, AW actually offered Cole Cabana a new contract, and Cabana was about to get that pen and about to put that pen to paper, only to have AW withdraw the offer. Cabana's deal was ultimately renewed after people like Chris Jericho and the Young Bucks went to bat for him, and... Tony Carr went, okay, you can have a contract, but you're being banished to Ring of Honor. So this, a lot of this points to, and a lot of people made the connection here, that CM Punk, who had had a very public falling out with Colt Cabana, now he was in the mix, was suddenly making the decisions on a wider scale. Yeah, so 
CM Punk, what we do end up knowing is that he's got a talent contract and an employee's contract, but we never quite know what his backstage role is. Mm -hmm. But we do know that he's essentially very close to Tony Khan and, as we'll get into, has a lot of influence in All Elite Wrestling in terms of swing, basically. I kind of believe Punk when he says, I didn't have any direct input in Tony Khan withdrawing the offer. I think Tony It might Khan have been indirect. Gone, yeah, I think he's been like, implied it, not maybe said anything, but then Tony Khan has been like, well, what's the best way to keep my top star happy? Get rid of his enemy. Because mm -hmm. Tony Khan has denied it quite a bit. Yeah. And obviously people lie, and, and he, he is no benefit to him being like, yes, Ian Punk uh, tried to get him fired, but I think I think he's probably telling the truth, and it's, it's more a... I did this for him. Yeah. I mean, all, all of the issues between Punk and Kamala stem back from when Punk left WWE, had that infamous or famous, depending on what side of the finger, art of wrestling podcast where he goes into his thing about WWE. WWE daughter Chris Amman sues Cabana and Punk and then have a very public falling out over Punk promised Cabana that he would pay his legal fees mm -hmm. and then didn't. And basically, they fell out after Cabana went for pizza with Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Pack, who were WWE employees at the time, Dave Meltzer said. He went out for pizza with Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Pack a couple years ago. And that's what caused the start of everything. Basically, because he, Punk, felt that they shouldn't have a uh, shouldn't have contact with anyone in WWE because of the lawsuit. Cabana went for pizza with guys he's known on the independent scene for years and years and was good friends with. So, yeah. I mean, this is a, a weird twist in the tale. It almost sounds like, from the outside looking in, that, Colt, that CM Punk's telling Colt Cabana who he can hang out with. Oh, that's directly, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's going, you're not allowed to go for a bit of pie. Mm. Not allowed a bit of pizza. It's Chicago. They like their pizza in Chicago. They do. That's why Chicago town is a thing. Exactly. And, it's, and I would be intrigued had this been the other way around, where the CM Punk would have taken someone else telling him, you can't hang out with these people. It's, oh, see, if if someone had if Punk had gone for pizza with him, yeah, oh, he would not have. No, no, he would. He'd be fuming. Um, but also at the same time, I don't think um, I don't think Punk would go and hang out with people and, and get pizza if they're on the enemy side. Like, right? It, to me, it feels very much like Punk is. I mean, we've seen it. He sets quite uh, like don't cross this line sort of boundary. Well, we'll put a pin in that concept and come back to it in a little while, mm. I do believe. Uh, so from here, obviously the, the fractious relationship between Colt Cabana and CM Punk just gets worse, it seems, based on not just uh, Pizzagate, with, which is a different Pizzagate to the one that we know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a different Pizzagate altogether. Uh, but also st stemming from uh, the lawsuit with Dr. Chris Aman. Uh, where does this go from here, Aiden? So from here, without the direct involvement of CM Punk or Cold Cabana, the issue becomes far worse. CM Punk is flung into an AW World title feud with Hangman Page. It all just sort of bumbles along where they have these nice, nice promos. And then suddenly, what is a fairly innocuous promo at the time turns into this greater issue. But during the build to that match, Hangman Page makes a comment basically about workers' rights and protecting AW from CM Punk. This essentially looks like a bit, of an, a bit of a weird comment at the time, but fairly innocuous. But Punk is so infuriated about this workers' right comment from Hangman Page that he has a meeting with AW officials, and 
but he was incredibly unhappy afterwards because AEW effectively do nothing about the situation. Hangman Page isn't reprimanded and things just continue as normal. But the issues between Hangman Page and CM Punk only get worse from here to the point where Punk claims in an interview in June 2023 that he considered not going through with their AEW World title match at Double or Nothing over fear that Hangman was going to shoot on him. Brother, brother. <laughs> he believed that Hangman would, and he believed this actually happened during the match when Hangman accidentally chops him in the face. Watching the clip, it looks like there's. It could be intentional, but it, it also shit it, happens. Yeah, shit happens in a match. Um, it does hit him directly in the throat and face. And Hangman's a better wrestler than that. Like he doesn't often botch, um, and it it just sort of. It could also be confirmation bias on the Punk side of things, like. I thought he was going to shoot at me. He fucked this move up. Did he, he shot at me, brother, he brother. Shot me, brother, brother. And hang, but Hangman does ultimately put over Punk without yeah. any issues beyond the chop. Yeah. The, the the comment, the very innocuous comment about workers' rights would have just drifted off into the sunset had CM Punk not made such a hoo-ha about it. Mm-hmm. So obviously it touches a nerve of something that's gone on behind the scenes, a comment that's been made backstage, mm-hmm. and it plays into that because to the unsuspecting general public, that comment really didn't mean anything. It, ma- it felt it was just a bit of leverage for a, a babyface champion against a heel challenger. And it's kind of similar to the promo's Eddie Kingston cut on Punk back, yes. in, back in November, which we covered in episode one. Like, mm. Eddie Kingston was being like, oh, nobody, wants you, nobody here. wants you in this locker room. Like, I'm I'm protecting this locker room from CM Punk. Hangman says the exact same thing. For the first time in his career, he's not defending the AEW World Championship against CM Punk or from CM Punk. He's defending AEW from CM Punk. Like, that is a standard promo. That's nothing worse than CM Punk saying to The Rock, your arms are too short to box with God. Like, mm. it, it's, it's, it, it's a bit of a, clearly a soft spot, and he clearly didn't like the person who was saying it. And that's, I think, the big issue here, is that there's clearly a dislike from CM Punk towards Hangman Page. Yeah. And, and, and Punk will let that show when we get to later on later on in a key moment in the CM Punk saga in AEW uh, but certainly as you say confirmation bias with a lot of what he does in and something that other people have said to him that has just that has been perfectly accepted by Punk but because it came out of hangman's mouth i mean uh, just to give him the benefit of the doubt on that though like certain people in everyone's lives can say something and you're mates with them so it's fine like yeah like yeah. if you, your mate calls you a cunt that's fine yeah, if someone you you aren't really good terms with, or you don't, you're not really you, you're not friends, but you just know them, and someone calls you that, you're gonna be a bit more annoyed. Like, it's probably a case of that. Like, there's certain people you just you're like, well, what have I done? You don't know me. People like, you don't but vibe maybe, with. Eddie, maybe it gives other people the benefit. Eddie Kingston, they've known each other for a very long time. You mm. know, and Kingston's like probably was a bit of a receipt for Punk from many years before. Like the, like, they had, they had, so they had like, yeah, yeah, you owe me that. Yeah, they had yeah. issues coming up stemming oh, 20 that, really? years ago, that sort of thing. Hangman Page backstage is an interesting one because he comes across, from what I hear and read, as somebody that very rarely puts his head above the parapet, very rarely gets involved in backstage politics and doesn't really speak out about anybody or anything. Yeah. He seems like, like it's all water off a duck's back. One of the things that Punk will allude to is that this sort of laissez-faire attitude probably can come across as a bit disrespectful 
in some way because mm. he doesn't really get involved and, and speak his mind in public and, mm. and in turn doesn't really seek opinion from others and doesn't seek guidance from others. He just kind of goes in, does what he does. And it's kind of leaned into his character a little bit in recent storylines with Swerve, the idea that he just sort of floats along and he doesn't he's not hungry yeah. anymore for it and there's others that are. <laughs> so that leans into it a bit. And I can imagine someone like CM Punk who is very... Um, old outwardly school. old school and outwardly passionate as well as being outwardly old school that if there's a guy like that you can't quite get a measure on and doesn't seem to be in, interested on the outside you probably aren't going to like him that much and then when they come out with a line like that you go oh hang on I, yeah. no I don't like you it's so strange thinking of punk as old school yeah like yeah he that's the locker rooms he came up in is old school locker rooms so of course he's got an old school mentality but when I think CM Punk I think leader of this new this crop. new revolution yeah like the talent that is at the top now i think punk is the the leader of the charge that, that brought mm. that generation through but he's not he's, no. he's definitely if folk would be playing games backstage well maybe not he loves a bit of connect right? <laughs> he loves <laughs> a bit of connect four but it uno as well loves yeah. uno he loves a uno that is so old school isn't it yeah he ain't playing yeah he ain't playing into the switches he's playing connect four and uno but not even that he was true old school he'd have knives and guns in his back <laughs> that's very true <laughs> Fuck up up down down <laughs> <laughs> Exactly that. Give so, me cocaine and an AK-47, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but we do get a Punk versus Hangman page match for the AEW world title. Yes. Uh, shoot moment aside, uh, this is a changing of the guard in AEW, this particular match, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, this is very much Punk is the top, undisputed top star in all elite wrestling. And we think, here we go, only for one week later... Mm -hmm. Well, not even one week later, about four days, four days late. later. CM Punk, famous for his nice crowd jumps, does another one. And this one goes wrong and his ankle goes crack. Smacks it against the guardrail. Yeah, he smacks it against the guardrail and he suffers a broken foot. He then wrestles on the broken foot where he teams with FTR against some people, who I can't remember. Mm -hmm. But they win that, CM FTR win that match. And then two days later, CM Punk turns up on Rampage tears in his eyes okay here's the bad news i'm injured and i need surgery a couple of things are broken the biggest one is my heart because i love nothing more than performing for all of you and i wanted to go on one hell of a run that's the bad news the good news is i can still do all that And I'm going to show you exactly why. I will come back bigger, faster, stronger, and hungrier than ever before. And God damn it, I will prove exactly why I am the best in the world. But he remains AW World Champion. But I think I think this is the crux of the issue. In terms of CM Punk is already irritated and then he's sent home to stew for the next three months. To go back to that, that infamous night where he, he broke his ankle on doing something, so he broke his foot doing something so simple as a crowd dive. I remember that happening and I remember you could see he was in discomfort as he went and did a promo and then they set up, started setting up a match for uh, Forbidden Door. 
Yeah, because Punk. So after, yeah, the end of the he's meant to wrestle Tanahashi, isn't he? That was the end it. of the six man Tanahashi comes out. But on that night, we have the infamous MJF shoot promo. Yeah. Fire me, you fucking Mark. Yeah. And what we don't see because they cut the they cut away is then there's and there's fan footage of it. You see. Uh, CM Punk come down to the ringside area to to run off MJF, but security gets them away. And you see that CM Punk has got a boot off. And that is where people started going, oh, Mm. something's gone wrong. You could see he was struggling on that foot and he had like his one boot on and his sock on the other one. You're like, well, that's not a that's not a great sign. That's a bit of a worry. Yeah, it was, and it was definitely the wrestling on it after, like breaking it in the entrance and then going and having a 20 plus minute match on on Mm. Dynamite and Mm. Doing the springboard spot, like don't do a don't do a, the springboard clothesline, like that probably, well, probably fucked it even more. Yeah, it, wow. it did a lot of damage to it, and he did end up going away. Just won the world title, and is now on the shelf. AEW seemed to, I mean, I mean, no, no company is safe from injury bugs and injury woes, but I always feel, I feel like with AEW, it seems to happen more often than anywhere else, and. I don't, I don't know whether I don't think that's necessarily anything they're doing wrong. I think it's just been, it's just unfortunate. It's just unfortunate. But I feel like AEW and Tony Khan sort of like handle it in the worst way. Like Tony Khan plan A is excellent, but he's got to go to part plan B. And it's sort of nowhere near as good. Like he's not quite as good at having to do stuff at the last minute. He, he likes the sort of like long planning sort mm. of stuff months in advance, and then it's like okay. Moxley's champ. Moxley did fine, really, but it took AW and Rowley months to get back on track for reasons that we'll get into as well. Because they don't so much, like, with Tony Khan loves a long-term storytelling, and it doesn't so much change the course, it kind of just pauses it. Yeah. So you know that it's just going to be a big chunk of time, and then he'll find his way to get back to what he wanted to do. Like, woe betide, he does what he wants to do. Mm. So he'll find a way back, but it'll just be... It can be weeks or months in limbo waiting for that to come back around again. Yeah. You know, one thing that I always like about WWE is on the whole, not every time, if there is a, a major injury, they always go, we will overcompensate with what we follow. Mm-hmm. Like when Roman Reigns uh, had his leukemia, uh, his leukemia uh, return, so yeah. therefore he took time away to go and have cancer treatment, but they had this shield match planned with Kurt Angle and they drafted in Kurt Angle as a member of the Shield I think they had Triple H as a member of the Shield on yeah, one show oh, like Glasgow, a Glasgow, Glasgow House, house show. Glasgow House show had Triple, Triple H, H as the Shield I pretends to do a suicide dive and he builds up the whole spot and runs and then just slightly steps out the ring and then does an axe handle off <laughs> it was really good really good but that's what they do and I like how WWE do that they overcompensate where they can with the exception of No Way Out 1998, in which Shawn Michaels was replaced with Savio Vega. But, uh, but they can't win them all. I think AEW does to an extent, but just in a different way. WWE tries to do it with storylines now, more so, and I think they've been quite successful. AEW goes, shit, we've got an injury. Right. Mr. Co. Yeah. It's <laughs> Moxley. Like, here's this talent that we're bringing in for a one night only for a match. That's your compensation sort of thing. And that's what the audience likes, right? In AEW, the matches, and a lot of the diehard AEW fans want oh, let's have Andrade versus Danielson in a dream match mm. because we can, rather than, oh, like, let's, you know, get the storyline back on track. Mm. Just suspend it. But it's just, I guess, different different styles. But yeah, it was it was a, it allowed Punk to cook, didn't it? The decision was made, as, and we'll get to Punk's cooking in just a second, as we'll very quickly touch on this. So the decision was made uh, to have Punk keep hold of the, of the world title while he was recovering from a broken foot, which will take months 
to get back together. Yeah. But they made the call to have an interim world champion. Lads, thoughts on the interim world champion compromise in AEW, which we've seen quite a few times taking place. I feel like it worked when they did it originally with the TNT championship and when Cody Rhodes was TNT champion, got injured, so then Sammy Guevara becomes TNT champ interim. Um, I feel like it worked then. The the world title thing on for me it just went on a little bit too long. I know you want you want to, like the payoff is you get the unification match. That's the big thing, but it was just sort of you could have just put the AW world title on Moxley. To me, if it's only like a month or something, yeah, do the interim thing. But he doesn't come back until August, mm. and it, it makes the, the show not as must not as must see because you're sort of like oh he's only the interim champ. It just yeah. it doesn't didn't have the same effect. Quite like interim belts, um, but I think it's because I don't like it. I wouldn't like it in WWE. I think it works in AEW to an extent because AEW at the start was definitely like, oh, we wins and losses matter. You know, um, we keep a track of all that. You're what they're wanting to try and show a more sporting side of it, like in presentation. That was kind of their thing. Because um, the UFC idea, isn't it, where the they UFC have interim champs? It. So, like, you have an interim champ. If the champion can't defend, instead of it being like, well, the match is off and we're just giving you a, a replacement match, that match with a replacement opponent would be for the interim belt. And I think that really works. And I think it sh- it does and it should work in wrestling. But for this situation, it went on too long. I agree. A month, two months, that's the kind of perfect sweet spot. And then if it's any longer, then the real champ gets stripped. Yeah, cause that's what they did with Thunder Rosa, isn't it, where it was... Okay, yeah, we'll keep the women's world title on. I will make Tony Storm the interim champion. But by the time Full Gear came around, they went, "You're not coming back." I mean, Thunder was still not still back not wrestling. Back. Otherwise, we'd still have yeah interim champ for like a year. Yeah. So like it should they needed to really pull back on it or have Punk still appear on the show in some capacity, mm. either commentary, just promos, wheel him out with a wheelchair. Yeah, just to be like. And he did that in WWE. Yeah. When he had a broken foot or a broken, uh, what was it? I can't even remember, ankle. He could have been foot strong. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> fucking Roddy's doing it with a I broken freaking neck. <laughs> so CM Punk goes home. And as we have said, he cooks. His issues with Hangman Page have not been resolved. And sometimes that bit of silence is it's a breeding ground for, for for bad intention. Yeah, so very much animosity is built up in CM Punk towards Hangman Page, and this ultimately brings us to the August 17th edition of AEW Dynamite. Punk has returned one week later, and in the process set up a match with John Moxley. That's going to be a unification match. Before we get to All Out, he's going to have that unification match. But while doing the build to that match on August 17th, Punk out of nowhere calls out Hangman Patron AW World title match and an unplanned moment in which Punk viewed this as a receipt for Hangman Page's comments, basically referring to the real-life issues of Cole Cabana ahead of Double or Nothing. Hangman Adam Page! You want that rematch? You got it right here, right now. Let's go. What the... Is Punk even cleared? I don't know. We have never got that confirmed, yay or nay. And I don't even know. Do we know that uh, Hangman is here? Well, apparently Punk does. Well, this 
is the first time we've heard from Puck since that match. First on time. My sentiment is exactly now on to the important things. That's not cowboy shit, that's coward shit. Yeah. A little bit of advice that I suggest you take. The apology must be as loud and as public as the disrespect. And if anybody else has a problem with the champion, well, I suggest you come on down, you see, because everybody wants to be the champ until it's time to do champ shit. This is the first sign of Punk's open unhappiness within AEW. And what we find out the next day on August 18th is that Punk expresses his displeasure with AEW so much that people thought he might quit the company. An AEW veteran also mentioned they'd heard of threats being levied by Punk at the time, and the backstage drama in AEW was said to be so bad that a number of people were said to be a breaking point if things didn't get settled. At this time, Dave Meltzer recommended Tony Khan set everybody down before things get out of hand. And Punk's only been back a few days. Literally and nine days by this point. And, and, and he's and, and already we're seeing what will eventually be the, the fuse that lights up the press conference that time. Mm-hmm. Um, the call-out of Hangman Page was an interesting one. So Punk gets in the ring and says, hey, let's get Hangman Page out here right now. Let's have a title match. And then nothing happens because it wasn't a planned part of the yeah. night. Well, they had a joke back on being the elite where Hangman Page, I think, is that their training dark order or something. Yeah, so he, so he doesn't hear the call-out. And he, he and he refuses to acknowledge it outside of that. That's the only time, really, that Hangman Page has acknowledged CM Punk since. Yeah. Whereas many, you know, of his of his uh, peers, many of the EVPs have made little digs and made little like made little pot shots in the way that they perform. I mean, Matt, Matt Jackson did the buckshot lariat and fell on his ass like Punk did. Spoiler, we're getting to that later. Oh, <laughs> but, sorry. But they've all done stuff like that, but Hangman Page just hasn't. Yeah, I think... He's it, risen above it. It was same with Hangman, especially he sort of likes to keep himself out of these situations because I just don't think he can be bothered with a hassle. No. Like, I think he's, he's probably looked at it and gone, this has got out of hand from what was meant to just sort of be a little dig. And this is blown up completely. The figure sort of thought, okay, right, let's separate ourselves from the situation. He was a teacher. He probably hates kids squabbling. Yeah. <laughs> so he's distanced he's, himself he's from that. He's tired and he works with fucking children. <laughs> <laughs> he's the one that's really the appropriate for that particular line. So yeah, so the, the call that happens, CM Punk goes, oh, cowboy shit, more like coward shit. And the crowd react in a very confused manner. Like, They're just what like, was... Pangman's your top baby face. Yeah, why are you doing that to Hang? Like, why is that the thing that happens yeah. there? Um, but Punk, yeah, and, and it leads to, um, I, we, I presume we're going to touch now on the few, on the stuff with Moxley. Are we getting to that? Because... That's, that's later. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, because of something that comes up later where, where, where it will become important. Right, okay. But so, what we are going to touch on now, though, is Punk at this point is basically, because we hear things from the elite in these sort of reports about everything's a breaking point. Punk believes these rumours are being spread by the elite. And Punk mentions this, and Dave Meltzer actually expresses regret because he doesn't hear any of this from the elite. It's coming from people elsewhere in AEW. But he doesn't tell Punk this, and it all essentially bubbles up and boils up, and he's absolutely <laughs> venting and raging, and it all builds to all out. At this point, Punk has lost a squash match to Moxley. Um, 
Both Punk then beats Moxley at All Out for the AW World Championship in the main event. A match was then set up for Punk against MGF. We assume it's meant to be for full year 2022. I believe it was meant to be. Mm. And But the issues with Moxley, there are backstage issues there that we'll get to a little bit later on. The, 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 the whole story with the Moxley-Punk two-match thing, where it was like Moxley winning in a squash and then Punk having to get G'd up by a steel to challenge again. Yeah. And then it was the it was the Rocky storyline that was played. Yeah. Rocky out. three. Rocky three. Yeah. Um Moxie described this as the idea for the story from Rocky Three and Punk's like, oh, I've never said it. And 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 and, in, and the, the vibe that comes across is that Punk's a bit belligerent about doing it, but that might not necessarily be the case. It might just be of how it was reported, maybe the tone was lost. Um but Either way, interesting way of doing business. I was very surprised. I assumed that Punk wasn't ready to come back yet by the way that they quickly hot-shotted that match. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, maybe this just writes Punk off for a little bit longer. Well, that was one of the things in the idea that Punk is saying, I'm not clear to wrestle. Mm. And Tony Khan is saying, doesn't matter, you're going to get squashed. You haven't got to do it. Because I don't think Punk even hits an offensive no, move. I don't think so. it, just sort of there's like three death riders and that's it. Yeah. Um, so the idea is that he's not cleared then, but is cleared for All Out. But this certainly isn't going to help Punk's um, animosity. While Moxley, on the other hand, is AW World Champion while not under contract. And we talk about comments that are made, because his contract was, he was between them, wasn't he, before he'd re-signed yeah. again. His contract expires, I believe, June time. And there was jokes about, like, oh, he could turn up, he could turn up at the WWE show this point. He could turn up anywhere now with that belt. That'd be hilarious. Uh, and even and we talk about like, comments thrown at Punk, and, you know, Hangman Page is being the lightest of the comments that people are throwing at Punk. Eddie Kingston's ones uh, being pretty strong. Moxie was, was eviscerated Punk, essentially. Fragile mind, fragile ego, fragile body. Like, yeah. really read him the riot act on some of the some of the comments that he made. Um, and so it's it's just funny that of all the people that have shot in speech marks on Punk, Hangman Page, who was the ultimate target, had the lightest of comments yeah. to say out of all of them. So anyway, as you say, uh, we have the match at All Out, and Punk wins back the title in his second go-around. He does it. And then he does the media scrum and goes, thanks, everybody. That was really good. And then gets up and leaves. Yeah. And everything was fine. Oh, wait. No, it fucking wasn't. Just say your name and you're cool. Hi. Uh, Nick Housemith, Wrestling Inc. I'll uh, start, Nick. Um, show of hands. Who here fancies themselves as a journalist? You're a journalist, Nick? All right. I try my best. Okay. Um, um, no, real, real quick. Go ahead. Um, you still do improv? <laughs> no, not a little bit. No? No. When you did improv, who'd you do improv with? I did it with uh, uh, Scott Colton. Mm. Okay, so you fancy yourself a journalist. Would you say you're friends with Scott Colton? Uh, no, I haven't talked to Scott in some time. So you're not friends with him? Uh, no, no, Scott and I do not see eye to eye. Oh, wow. Well, that makes two of us. <laughs> My point is, if you fancy yourself a journalist, even if it's for the silly world of professional wrestling, and you have journalistic integrity, people who report things mostly that are bullshit and slanderous lies against myself. If you are friends with somebody, you blew my spot. If you're not friends with them, I apologize. It's okay. But you should probably disclose who you're friends with. I'm not friends um, with you. I haven't had Scott. anything to do with Scott Colton in almost a decade. Probably wanted nothing to do with him even longer than that. It's fucking unfortunate that I have to come up here and speak on this when I'm on my time and this is a fucking business. Uh, 
why I'm a grown-ass adult man and I decide not to be friends with somebody is nobody else's fucking business. But my friends, if I fall backwards, will catch me. Scott Colton, I felt, never would have. My problem was I wanted to bring a guy with me to the top that did not want to see me at the top. Okay? You call it jealousy, you call it envy, whatever the fuck it is. My relationship with Scott Colton ended long before I paid all of his bills. I have every receipt. I have every invoice. I have every email. I have the email where he says, and I quote, I agree to go our separate ways. I will get my own lawyer and you do not have to pay anymore. That's an email that I have. The only reason the public did not see is because when I finally had to counter sue him through discovery, we discovered he shared a bank account with his mother. That's a fact. And as soon as we discovered that fact and we subpoenaed old Marsha, he sent the email, oh, can we please drop all this? Now, it's 2022. I haven't been friends with this guy since at least 2014, late 2013. And the fact that I have to sit up here because we have irresponsible people who call themselves EVPs and couldn't fucking manage a target, and they spread lies and bullshit and, and put into a media that I got somebody fired when I have fuck all to do with him, want nothing to do with him, do not care where he works, where he doesn't work, where he eats, where he sleeps, and the fact that I have to get up here and do this in 2022 is fucking embarrassing. And if y'all are at fault, fuck you. If you're not, I apologize. But what did I ever do in this world to, go, to deserve an empty-headed fucking dumb fuck like Hangman Adam Page to go out on national television and fucking go into business for himself? For what? What did I do? Dave, what did I ever do? Me. Didn't do a goddamn thing. What's your name, sir? Dominic D'Angelo. Fuck the Pittsburgh Packers. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you I'm from Pittsburgh. <laughs> I made it really clear in Forbes, and I just want to make it clear again. Nick it's went- not his position to make it very fucking clear. There's people who call themselves EVPs that should have fucking known better. This shit was none of their business. I understand sticking up for your fucking friends. I fucking get it. I stuck up for that guy more than anybody. Okay. I paid his bills until I didn't, and it was my decision not to. Yeah, but I shouldn't have no commented when Nick first said it. It's my I, fault, and I if I hadn't, it's my that. fault. It's my I appreciate fault. I should that, have just I'm, taken a head on because you never but said But I'm trying anything. to run a fucking business, and when somebody who hasn't done a damn thing in this business jeopardizes the first million-dollar house that this company has ever drawn off of my back and goes on national television and does that, it's a disgrace to this industry. It's a disgrace to this company. Now, we're far beyond apologies, right? I gave him a fucking chance. It did not get handled, and you saw what I had to do, which is very regrettable, lowering myself to his fucking level. But that's where we're at right now. And I will still walk up and down this hallway and say, if you have a fucking problem with me, take it up with me. Let's fucking go. What's your question, Nick? So, (laughs) what we do have from a personal perspective is... AW shows are very long, especially in the UK. Oh, I think they finish about what f- half five in the morning usually. They, they, they start Sunday night at about midnight, midnight and they finish one. on Wednesday. Yeah, 
And it was, I was sat there at half five thinking, nothing usually happens at these media scrums. <laughs> like, I, I, was just in, I was just awake finishing off the results, basically, like making sure I hadn't written like any swear words or anything by mistake. And it, and it was sort of like, okay. And then it was, then all, Slack just started going off. And I was like, oh no. What's and then it was uh, Phil. And so I think by the time I actually got to bed, it was 20 to 8 in the morning, had about 45 minutes and woke up again. And then there'd been more stuff going on. Yeah. And then it was, it was a hell of a day. But yeah. It so. was the day after all out. It was the day after Clash of the Castle, wasn't it? Yeah, so it'd been a hell of a weekend. Yeah. So so I was, I'd been down in, in that there Cardiff for Clash of the Castle so I believe there was a, there was Adam and a few others here for that. Yes, Adam. I think it was Adam and um, Andrew. I thought Andrew was at Clash, but yes. I think he oh, was he was at Clash on, with me. I yeah, think he was also on on All Out. Mm. Adam was definitely on All Out because it ended up being I think it was me, Adam, and Jack just throwing shit in the I chat, like quotes and, and stuff. You kind of want to go to bed, but everyone's still working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do I need to do to get out of this? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, aren't you glad you stayed up now for uh, what was quite the yeah, moment? One thing that's interesting, uh, a, a tiny tidbit on this press conference is one of the true winners of the AEW All Out press conference was actually Denise Salcedo, and I will tell you why. So Denise Salcedo is a content creator uh, on YouTube. She works for the Wrestling Observer. She works on Busted Open Radio now. Um, but AEW set up their hard cam. It's just facing the, the, the wrestlers and stuff. Yeah. But there's a sound issue. So for some reason, all that the, yeah, the, the pitch has been twisted on the, on the camera. So all their, their pitch is all low and it's a bit distorted at points. It's not great quality. Denise Salcedo, who is always one to get into the media scrum as quick as she can, set up a camera perfectly next to CM Punk. Yeah. And the bag of drinks that he brought in and the muffins he brought in with crystal clear sound quality. And I think that is the one that gets shared more than any because yes. the sound quality was far better than actual AEW's one. Yeah, so good. top marks is in his Salcedo being quick on the mark, getting her camera set up and capturing the most eventful press conference probably since uh, I imagine WrestleMania it's, 8. <laughs> it's probably up there in some of her most viewed videos. Yeah. If, if not the most, viewed. the most viewed. She's eating them well on CM Punk's CM muffins Punk. and, and stuff. Let's let's hey look, this is this is the, the main crux of this episode. Let's let's get into all out. So, let's get into the brawl out, all out press conference. So speaking of muffins, yes. Tony Khan, Tony Khan, CM Punk in the main event of All Out has another injury. He's torn his triceps this oh, time. Ah, what a muffin. So he, he knows by this point that something's gone wrong and he ain't coming back for a while. So this is pre planned what he does, but CM Punk Mindy's bakery muffin in hand, sat there chewing it. He's covered in blood. He looks very miserable. He walks in and he first tries to set up Nick Houseman at this point of Wrestling Inc., now of House of Wrestling. And because Nick Houseman did previously work with Cole Cabana, but he goes, Hey, Nick, you're, you're friends with Cole Cabana. And Nick's like, No, no, I'm not. He's like, Fuck it, I'm going to go into my. So, but this is, this is how it starts. This yes. is what's really yeah. weird. Is that CM Punk, who is injured, he's tired, he's clearly, you know, he working knows he's joke, working right? fucking shit. He knows that he's about to take another hiatus. He is in a shit mood as he sits down at this press conference with a bag of what I look like fizzy energy drinks. Yes, yeah, and some sort Pepsi and Max, probably Pepsi. They weren't Pepsi Max. They oh. were green and they were green and white cans. Oh, Sprite. 
Not even Sprite. It looked like some Might sort of do. like it, look, it didn't look like a brand that we knew. It it's like it's a, just whatever. Yeah, and uh, and obviously a box of muffins, and he was just in a foul mood. And it was weird how like his opening gambit was right, Nick. You did improv. Your friend with Cook, right? Yeah. yeah. So we're in this we're in this combustible situation, and he walks in, and after Nick Howes and basically goes, "No, I'm not friends of Cole Cabana." Punk goes, "Fuck it, we're going to go into the rant about Cole Cabana anyway." So Punk says, "I haven't had anything to do with Scott Colton in almost a decade." Probably what he did nothing to do with him for even longer than that. It's fucking unfortunate that I have to come up here and speak on this. I'm a grown-ass adult man, and I decide not to be friends with somebody who's nobody else's fucking business. My friends, if I fall backwards, will catch me. Scott Colton, I felt, never would. My problem was I wanted to bring a guy with me to the top that did not want to see me at the top. You call it jealousy, call it envy, whatever the fuck it is. My relationship with Scott Colton ended long before I paid all of his bills. I have every receipt, I have every invoice, I have every email. I have an email and I quote, I agree to go our separate ways. I will get my own lawyer and you do not have to pay me anymore. That's an email that I have. The only reason the public did not see it is because when I finally had to counter sue him, through discovery, we discovered he shared a bank account with his mother. That's a fact. And as soon as we discovered that fact, he sent the email, oh, can we drop all this? <clears throat> now, it's 2022, and I have not been friends with this guy since at least 2014, late 2013. And the fact that I have to sit up here because we have irresponsible people who call themselves EVPs that couldn't even fucking manage a target, and they spread lies and bullshit, and put, and put into a media that I got somebody fired when I have fuck all to do with him, want nothing to do with him, and do not care where he works, where he doesn't work, where he eats, where he sleeps, and the fact that I have to get up here and do this in 2022 is fucking embarrassing. What did I ever have to do in this world to have a deserve an empty-headed fucking dumb fuck like Hangman Adam Page to go out onto national television and fucking go into business for himself? Didn't do a goddamn thing. It's going well. Yes, it's... it's um, the rant then continues. <laughs> when, <laughs> when somebody who hasn't done a damn thing in this business jeopardizes the first million-dollar house that this company has ever drawn off of my bag and goes on national television, it's a disgrace to this industry. It's a disgrace to this company. Now, we're far beyond apologies. I gave him a fucking chance. It did not get handled, and you saw what I had to do, which is very regrettable lowering myself to his level, but that's where we're at right now. So that's the Hangman Page section. CM Punk then turns himself straight back to the AWEVPs, though. I'll tell you why I'm upset about it. Because if you're an EVP, you don't try and middle your top babyface. Try to get your niche audience on the internet to hate him for some made-up bullshit rumor. Really pisses me off. Stepping on your own dick, trying to fucking make money, sell tickets, fill arenas. Those stupid guys think they're in Reseda. And so what we've got while all this is going on as well is Tony Khan is just sat there letting his world champion rant. And just he just... Does, he's just wincing occasionally. Yeah, he's just like... Ooh. Ooh. Very, the power... Oh, yeah, there's one point where he asks if you can have one of CM Punk's drinks. He does, does he? Does yeah. he? Fucking hell. Because, like, it, it's a weird... Oh, like, there's one point where he apologises. Yeah. Yes. He apologises. <laughs> sorry for... I should have nipped that question in the bud early. I'm sorry. Because it is... Fucking hell. It's a weird power dynamic in the sense that Punk is so on top. Yeah. In this power dynamic that he's... Tony Khan, the owner of this company, as fact, if he just lets his top baby face do whatever the fuck he wants. Tony should have clarified when those Colt Cabana rumors came out, though. If, if it is true that Punk had nothing to do with it, Tony, as the owner of the company, should have clarified that back in May. So he doesn't do it in May, but Tony does do it in, like, June, August time? In June, August time, June July, August. After they've after it, spat on TV. And after it's stewing. Yeah. yeah. So Tony should have shut that down immediately. So He should be apologizing for that, but... 
punk it's the wrong time to be doing it <laughs> yeah i think I, th- I think any apology for that which obviously you're right it's something he should have done i think is i think that apology gets taken away by having just cm punk just tear the fuck out of one of your top baby faces and your evps yeah. in that manner it's it not funny that punk most famous for going on tv and shooting on people uh, he's now angry that he's getting shot at. I, I, that irony never was lost on yeah. me. And, and it's something that will rear its ugly head a few times. And the vibe you get is CM Punk is like, I can do that, but you can't. Anything I can do, you can't do. Yeah, that's yeah. the vibe that I get. The Cabana stuff really caught me off guard because whilst there had been a lot said about it, and we've talked about it here, it had died down. Yeah. Like, there wasn't much that had been said about it for a while. It felt like he just suddenly decided to sit down in a bad mood, injured, tired, aware that he was about to take some time off, pissed off with the world, just decided just to pick a scab that he hadn't picked in some time. Because on Potshot as well, like the whole thing about how he's got a bank account with his mom. I mean, for all we know, Kulkabad is just looking after his mom. Yeah. What, what's wrong uh, with that? Yeah. Oh, Marsha. It's a little bit weird to share only one bank account with his mom. With your mum. Yeah. But... He, what we don't know the situation with his mother. Yeah, maybe maybe she's lived in moved in with him and struggling for cash. Mm. Maybe she's maybe she's a nice kid. Yeah, just look after his bit, man. Yeah. Um, what do we think, Pink uh, Punk meant about Hangman Page jeopardizing the first million dollar house the company's um, ever drawn? Was was it because Punk was reticent to work with? Yeah, him? it's the whole shoot thing. Not, yeah, yeah, considering not turning up for the match at Double or Nothing, considering not having the match for them. And Punk being like, oh, if I don't show up, obviously we're not going to sell a million dollars. We're not going to get a million dollars. Real comments by Punk and then the EVP stuff as well chucked in there. Um, you know, t- couldn't run, a, couldn't manage a fucking target. There's a comment that always made me chuckle. <laughs> Stupid guys think they're in Reseda. Uh, uh, just eviscerating between the second biggest company in north america as just this little right. rinky ding indie basically basically going you guys are gonna fuck this and you don't know what the fuck you're doing basically and this is something and i think had punk not been injured and not sat at home i don't think we'd have got to this point no because he, he would have it would have been oh we'd have got to it quicker he, he would have got to, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he would have got to it quicker but then the result well we don't know if the resolution would have been there but him stewing would have been a little, a little quick. He would have got that quick little dig in, and then it would have probably kept rumbling along. But I don't think you would have had something quite as bombastic as what we got at all out of no. it. Could have happened on live TV. Like, yeah, if if it kept stewing, he could have gone on a dynamite or whatever program and just cut that on air. And then I'd like to see what happened in that timeline, like. That's much worse in theory than a press conference that wouldn't normally get the views. I think, regardless, I think I think that he got out there. We yeah. live in a we live in a digital first era, yeah. and you know it happened, so it's out there as much as. I mean, more people tuned into Dynamite because of that bit in the press conference, yeah. and uh, I mean, it, don't get me wrong, aesthetically, him doing that on TV would have been hilarious. Hilarious, yeah. <laughs> we, got, we got at least the thumbnail for this out of the. There the he is. There he is. There he is. Big uh, punks looking down. I think that is from. Is that from Denise's? That's from. No, no, that's a photo by the guy who takes the photos for Wigger Four Weekly Online. I forgot his name, but he's a lovely lad. It's a fantastic photo. Credit. It's a piece of art. That Credit is. the man. Just I've forgotten what it's called. Just punk 
staring down the barrel of the camera. Fuming. Just absolutely done in with the world. A real contrast on those fir- that first press conference where it's all smiles and he just looks like he is done. He is in pain. T- Tony's, Tony's in the first up. one being like, this is the guy that, that sold a million dollars for the mm. company. He's had more pay-per-views, sold all under his name than mm. any other one in the company. And then Punk's like, is he on that? <laughs> like, yeah, Mr. Punk. Because you've got the photo where Punk's like, what's going on? We've got uh, a photo in the back here where Tony's just like, rah, yeah. screaming. <laughs> and we're just like, Punk's like, what the fuck? And now it's a complete contest where Tony Khan's terrified. Yeah, and CM Hawaii. Punk is ready to, uh, yeah, he's just eviscerating everybody. Tony Khan has so much to answer for for this, I genuinely believe. Yeah. Like, I mean, he handled it terribly, didn't appallingly. he? Appallingly. Uh, but you know what? No, no one's perfect, and this is probably the biggest, probably the biggest um, public, um, the, the biggest PR issue yes. that he has ever faced in the company when your champion as just it runs down everybody involved in the management of the company and some of the top guys in there as well just because it's a massive PR nightmare so you dealt with it badly on the night I mean I would you know in hindsight he doesn't would, deal with it well afterwards no he, yeah. do, he doesn't do he actually yeah, he doesn't deal with that as, as we'll get to <laughs> uh, in fact so Punk says thank you there, there is applause some confusion and off he goes uh, to go and get cleaned up and calm down a little bit the press conference continues uh, and I believe it's while Jericho is talking Jericho comes out yeah Jericho comes out and has a chat but I believe while he does on from one angle you can see a few security guards sort of rush very quickly to the back what we come to find out is Kenny Omega with the Young Bucks. Now, this is going to be absolutely shocking. Weren't very happy about CM Punk's... Really? Yeah. I thought they'd take it on the chin. <laughs> so they them two and Mega Perek, who is like AEW's legal counsel, they all take a little trip to CM Punk's locker room. Punk's still in a foul mood at this point. Um, things, things happen. And what we what comes to happen is a fight breaks out where CM Punk is said to have thrown the first punch, hitting Mike Jackson in the face. CM Punk throws the first punch because he firmly believes that there was going to be a fight anyway. So you might as well get the first punch. Yeah, yeah. might as well get started early. Yeah, is <laughs> Steel um, <laughs> known for his air? Uh, Yes. Air <laughs> <laughs> Steel becomes involved as his wife is in the vicinity. At this point, his wife has an injury. Alaria the dog is also in oh. the area, um, who is saved by Kenny Omega at first. Kenny Omega scoops him up, takes him outside, gives him to Mega Perek. Um, but Air Steel gets up and just goes full Hulk mode, and he yeets a chair off Nick Jackson's head. And then he's not biting Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega's got saved Larry the dog. He then comes and tries to get Punk off one of the Jackson brothers and Ace Steel comes and just bites him <laughs> so there's been numerous versions of this story told this is sort of the one that is the most consistent it's yeah. all sides sort of have agreed in, like, through leaks that this is what happened right this mm-hmm. is all the because all the... even Pong side said initially said oh no I didn't punch first and then it was yeah I did I thought yeah. it was going to be a fight <laughs> and so Kenny Omega and um, CM Punk actually ch- chat immediately after Brawl Out, and um, Kenny, CM Punk says, problem's not with me. What we do know is that we'll never get a full breakdown from everybody publicly because they've all signed non-disclosure agreements and there's no cameras um, busy in the locker room area at, um, where was it at? Sia Center, all, whatever arena it was at. But yeah. we don't, there's nothing there. So all we've got is he said, he said, but this is the most clear account that we've got of what happened. Yeah. 
What we definitely do know is Punk throws the first punch. Ace Steel bites Kenny Omega, throws the chair off Nick Jackson's head, and Punk punches Matt Jackson. And oh, Kenny Larry's, saves Larry the dog. And Kenny Larry's saves safe. Larry the dog. <laughs> yeah. Is that Kenny's way of just not wanting to fight? It's like, oh, you guys carry on. I'll just get this dog well, out of it's me. I, I always <laughs> took, and I interpreted when that report came out that Punk spoke with Kenny, and he was like, the problem's not with him. I always assumed it was Punk being like, the problem's not with you, Kenny. That's not who I've got a problem with. It's the Bucks. Mm. Rather than Punk being like, I'm not the problem. Mm. Admitting, oh, there is a problem with not Kenny. I took it as like, if, if, uh, Kenny going, what's the issue? And Punk going, it's not about you, it's about them two. Exactly. Yeah. In there. I, I took it as he was just, I'm, I'm not the problem here. Mm, but Interesting. Because we, we know that Kenny... Kenny doesn't cause issues. No, Kenny's not an issue. Yeah, Kenny's quite... Um, Level. Almost managerial, actually. Yes. Because he does He run... just books the women's division. Yeah. No, book anybody. He just runs it. Yeah. So, like, he does seem like someone who could manage a Target. Or at least, <laughs> uh, at least a Walmart. <laughs> um, Maybe an Asda. Maybe an Asda. Yeah. He loves Which to... would be the most nightmarish supermarket to manage, you think? I'm going to say... I'm saying Summerfield. Why Summerfield? Because it gets attacked by... <laughs> by um, <laughs> by Simon... And you've got Nick Frost and Simon Pegg with guns just walking around it. What's the wor- co-op. I'd say co-op. Co-op? Why co-op? co-op? It's like... Uh, it's just... Too expensive, and people you just get full, full of old biddies in it. Yeah. Wrong is it? The co op. Oh, I what co ops oh, you I, been going to? Like, well, the people's one is wild because <laughs> I, I know the one that is right tangent, but I know the one in Tynemouth is just full of poshies. That's Tynemouth. Oh, yeah. Because in fairness, to shop at co-op, you've got to be posh now. It's that expensive. Yeah, it's and, needlessly expensive. Yeah, we were in a cost of living crisis here. I'm shopping at Aldi. Well, Aldi's gonna, Aldi's the one I was going to say as the one I would not want to be the manager of. Really? Simply because they don't, because they don't, they save money on PRS. They don't have music playing in an Aldi. Mm. So all day it's just the sound of like people uh, chattering beep, and tills. Beep. I think only the one that has music is Asda. No, Tesco has music. Tesco's music. Oh, we weren't allowed music when we were in Tesco. That one over there has music. Oh, that one. I don't think they're meant to. B- they big, are. No, the no, big one we in were, Kingston we Park does. Allowed. Oh, mm. big Tesco and Gateshead doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, apart from Christmas. Do you know what? I don't notice because normally I walk around with headphones in. I, I do customer. as well, but there is, um, yeah. but when I'm there with Carla, they do have music playing. Mm. Just like, it's going to give it to you. I mean, need, need some conditioner. <laughs> Fuck, wait for you to get it She's going to buy this, uh, she's just going to buy this squeegee mob. <laughs> Fuck the police! <laughs> <laughs> it's just Snoop Dogg, he doesn't do, he doesn't do just Justy, he does test score too. <laughs> All right, so it's happened. The brawl out has happened. Uh, punches were thrown. Dogs were saved. Uh, what, if anything, does does any form of management do in the fucking wake of this? So what we do get is things keep bubbling along, and then we get Tony Khan live at the start of Dynamite, 1 a.m., whatever day it was, the Wednesday night. Yeah. But he strips Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks of the AEW World Trios Championships that they've just won. And CM Punk is stripped of the AEW World Championship. This isn't stated, but what we've come to find out is that all four men and AC have been suspended for their actions, pending an investigation that will be carried out by a third party. Also suspended is AW Head of Talent Relations, Christopher Daniels, 
Brandon Cutler, who is sort of like the friend of the books, cameraman, man, man, as is Michael Nakazawa, who's also being the leading close of the books, and so is Pat Book, no relation to the young books. Um, but he is the AW producer. They're all suspended very briefly because they essentially break up the fight, but just while the third party investigates, they're suspended, brought back a couple of weeks later. Right. So I was going to ask why they were suspended. So they're suspended because they break up the scuffle, but they're just like, right, we'll sort all this out. A Steel is then eventually fired and later rehired, as we'll get to, and given back pay. And I wrote, what the fuck? It's fucking weird. Yeah. You were, he was fired with cause. Mm. And then they've gone, right, we're going to pay you all that money that we owe you. But what we also get as well is this isn't management, but very much a locker room leader, is immediately after Brawl Out, after he's done his big presser, Chris Jericho confronts CM Punk um, and calls him a locker room cancer. Punk tells Jericho it's none of his business. Well, <laughs> Jer Jericho very much takes on a role from here as, I mean, he, he kind of was a bit anyway, but I think in more so in the wake of this, you get guys like Jericho, John Moxley and Brian Danielson, Brian Danielson all stepping up to kind of re... To, to, to reassess the, the, the mm. locker room and re and address what's happened and kind of get everybody back on side. And Jericho feels like an EVP uh, all but name. Like, yeah. Ever since he signed back in 2019. 20 he, he was the guy that basically put the co the company on his back essentially yeah. through 2019 when I'm the one that's had mainstream attention on um, like TV for 20 yeah. years. Mm. I can get this established as world champion. I can be your guy until we've built up all these other guys like the Jungle Boy and Darby Allen and even like Moxie to some extent because he's been on TV for a long time but he sort of needed that little refresh. Yeah, because people knew Dean Ambrose. Yeah, we didn't know who John Moxley was. Yeah. I, I, Jericho did a great job of that. I think he gets too much flack actually about being on TV constantly. But he, he's the guy that brings in the casuals. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Falling all out on pay-per-view this past Sunday night, I've been forced to vacate the AEW World Championship. The AEW World Championship is the single most prized title in all of combat sports. And a world champion will be crowned two weeks from tonight at AEW Dynamite Grand Slam. 
I promise you that tonight is going to be a great night of professional wrestling, and AEW will be at our very best these next few weeks on the road to AEW Grand Slam. So the elite turned CM Punk are suspended. Now, Punk's suspension is an interesting one because it's kind of past suspension, and as we alluded to, it's part... Uh, injury absence, isn't it? Because he's torn his triceps. So we never actually find out when punk suspensions ends. Mm-hmm. We just sort of know that eventually it does end. We don't know when, but the investigation into Brawlout comes to an end at the end of October. Um, the Elite then return at full gear. There's teasers in the weeks beforehand, and they do turn up at full gear in November. Punk, of course, is gone until several months later as we'll get I mean almost a year really mm. about nine months um, but he does keep talking punk during his absence to the media so what were the, some bonkers claims about Brawlout so we, we've already covered basically what's sort of like the accepted version of event or the closest we're ever going to get to but punk side claims that the young boss kicked down his door Okay. Um, I mean, there was a super kick. They had a super kick party on the <laughs> we know. Um, but Punkside then backtracks on that claim. But seven weeks after Brawlout, there's a claim that Larry the dog is injured and like, has to get dental work done. But this is later called a complete lie yeah, by the elite The size. internet got really crossed with that. Yeah. That that almost turned everybody on AEW, the fact that a dog got hurt in yeah. all this. Like, no, I mean, it's awful when it happens in movies, isn't yeah. it? It's the mm. worst bit. I mean, I care more about when the dog dies than when the humans die. Yeah. You know, there's a great website that you look up things about films. So, like, it's called Does the Dog Die? Yeah. And it's like, oh, what happens in this film? Like, I have to do it for spiders. So, like, spiders. So, oh, is there spiders in this? And it'll be like, yes or no. So, you can look up if the dog dies in a film. And then if you don't want to watch the dog die in... Yeah. I mean, the worst one's John Wick, isn't it? Oh, the worst one's Marley and me. Well, no, but, no, but you get all the happy times with the dog. John Wick John gets Wick. very little happy time oh. with his dog. Oh. He gets a new one. He does get a new one. Yeah. Spoilers for John Wick, by the way. Um, <laughs> the movie has been off for nine years. <laughs> just in case. Uh, what about Will Smith's dog in uh, in I Am Legend? I've not seen I Am Legend. His dog, dies. Yeah, his, dog, his dog dies in that, and it's just, oh, it's horrible. It is sad. It's real sad when they, when they kill an animal. Same in Beverly Hills Chihuahua 3. <laughs> the red wedding scene at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. No pops. <laughs> Stop killing dogs, Hollywood. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But what we do have Does is... Does the dog die and all dogs go to heaven? <laughs> <laughs> but, so... Well, yes. So, dog's fine. Okay, dog's Punk's fine. Claim. Larry's fine. But what we do find out is Punk later apologises to Tony Khan over Brawl Out. Not, bro- not over Brawl Out, but over the media scrum. Ah, uh, okay. So, and Punk says... The first thing I said to Tony when I sat down with him and spoke to him after it was, Man, I'm really sorry I put you in that position. I apologise for the scrum. But when you've watched the scrum, you're looking at a very, very frustrated guy <laughs> who had told people... That's not the first time he'd heard all that. It's not the first time lawyers were told all that. And I was just looking for something to be done and nothing got done. So if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. And I just didn't approach it in the right manner. But tension was high. I was very, very pissed. I pretty much knew that I just injured myself again. I was hurt and I was disappointed. Yeah, it was very easy for me to see. I regret that and I handled it the wrong way 100%. 100%. 
on Hondo. When he says very, very pissed, he means angry. Like he yeah. wasn't pissed because he's, he's, <laughs> he's straight edge. He's had there swing. He's pissed. He's had empty headed fuck like Page Manang. He's had, he's had nine, he's had nine, nine shandies. <laughs> Anyone like these buffings? They're fucking brilliant. I do like a shandy. Yeah. <laughs> now we know if he was pissed because he wouldn't have turned up with Mindy's buffins. He'd have turned up with a kebab. <laughs> like, oh, it's fucking good. <laughs> Oh. Hey Tony, you got any more of that leftover Christmas dinner? Point of forget. Oh, that'd be lovely that right now. Anyway, Kenny Omega's a cunt. He's all right. <laughs> young bucks, young fucks, I call them. This shit. <laughs> you leave a fucking dog alone. <laughs> anyway, this company's crap. I'm off. <laughs> I like it. Having a far better. <laughs> I like, it how you, but I like it how your punk impression is the same as your bulldog impression. Yeah, I, just, oh, I, just, I have one impression. Punk dog. Punk dog. <laughs> I'll have you know that... <laughs> yeah, and, and, and he got fucked at Wembley as well. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> Good night, everybody. Dab. Great joke. Anyway. <laughs> There's a little spoiler for part three. Part three. <laughs> <laughs> like how because it's audio form you had to shout dab dab <laughs> at this point Tom dabs <laughs> floss <laughs> at this point Fraser starts flossing <laughs> not the dance not his teeth <laughs> Aiden does a, a hand gesture <laughs> <laughs> Which is similar to here's the church, here's the steeple, open it up and there's the people. Yeah. Well, I couldn't go tell what it was. Any more for any more? No. I don't <laughs> think we've got it yet. We've all, right. <laughs> we've all had one hand gestures. Yeah. <laughs> I think CM Punk at this point has one particular hand gesture for the elite. Yes. Which mm. uh, which is interesting, and the elite has one back for Punk as well. Oh, who yeah. uh, who now that the elite are back on screen, now that Punk's on the way in, this. You know, they're, 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 they're having some fun at Punk's expense, aren't they? Some, some fun. Some fun. So, so, shockingly, the Elite actually lose at Full Gear to Death Triangle, who at this point are AEW World Trio's champions. Um, but it gets turned into a best of seven series. And I believe this is during the... Oh, it is during the second match in Chicago, Illinois. Mm. Ho- um, birthplace and home place of... Chick Magnet Punk. Chick Magnet Punk. So the, the the elite are getting eviscerated during this match of anti-elite chants. There are plenty of CM Punk chants. And the elite just play into it. They're the heels for the whole match. Uh, where we do see is Kenny Omega hits Pac with a GTS. Um, and he later bites Pac. Yeah. Um, the young bucks get their own dig in. Matt Jackson fails to connect on the buckshot lariat in a callback to Punk's botch at Double or Nothing 2022. We get Punk tries to go for the buckshot twice and just falls on his ass. So Matt Jackson does it. And But <laughs> you'll be shocked to hear this. People close to CM Punk were reportedly very unhappy about the digs. It feels like at this point that they know they can wind him up. Yeah, it's a little bit. And they're just having some fun because they know he always takes the bait. Yeah. That's King CM Punk. That's what it boils down to is Punk always takes the bait. He can't let Mm -hmm. anything go. And it just, this is what the crux of the issue is. Punk has to be the last one Man with the last word, essentially. Yeah. He's got to be the one standing going, hey, I've, I've won. I've won this argument. <laughs> and they're like, we can, we can snipe too, brother, brother. <laughs> but uh, around this time, there's Punk does start fueling speculation that he could be heading back to WWE. And we do get reports. These reports actually came out basically like a, uh, a couple of months ago in September 2023. 
But what we find out is that Punk did try and go back to WWE around this time in late 2022, as he believed he could secure a contract buyout from AEW. WWE weren't interested in signing Punk, however. But this was also confirmed by FIFO Select to be the case, and Punk actually pitched a feud um, where he would have returned, where he would have returned for fuck me he would have returned at the rumble 2023 and then feuded with kevin owens at wrestlemania 39 yeah the plan i think that i read was punk would enter as a surprise entrant in the rumble yeah. but be eliminated by kevin owens yeah and then it would lead to a match between those two and and cm punk completely dismissing the fact that at this point kevin owens is in the center of the hottest storyline that the company's got with kevin and sammy and the bloodline heading into mania but the he still goes right pull him out of that and he can have a match for me and also forgetting he was still under a contract and the small match <laughs> yeah. of being under a contract <laughs> with AEW well, that, that was the thing with WWE they basically went you're under contract and AEW like you're under contract Mm, so, yeah. but we'll get to this soon. But there is sort of talks of there is talks of a contract buyout going on at this point between AEW and CM Punk, but things sort of don't really go much further than sort of like little little, little niggles, basically. Mm. Um, but as twenty twenty two draws to a close, we've got a plea from Dax Harwood. Dax Harwood had a podcast that effectively didn't help him at all backstage in all the wrestling. No, it was so... The, the the very short run FTR podcast hosted by Dax Harwood replaced uh, William Regal's podcast, yeah. Stephen Regal's podcast, when he went back to WWE. So Dax Harwood stepped in and the plan was to do that long term, but it kind of... It fell off because Dax Harwood is a little bit like CM Punk in the sense that he's, you know, he's, he's a very creative, very passionate wrestling mind, but a bit thin-skinned and we'll we'll bite on a lot of yeah. antagonism and that becomes story in itself and then Dax talks about it gets annoyed about it becoming story mentions something else that becomes story and you just got this cycle that ends up just engulfing people backstage and it just it does as you rightly say Aiden it's a podcast that does more harm than good yeah. for Dax often. to the point where he wraps it up after three months yeah, yeah. and it long. went from the, the internet adoring Dax Harwood to calling him FTR bald bald yeah it actually did so yeah, it's, it's funny it's that whole idea that um, sometimes it's better just to stay quiet yeah <laughs> than, than let your true feelings be said or but, something like that but what Dax Harwood does is he urges the elite and CM Punk to solve their differences for the good of pro wrestling because Dax Harwood goes straight in and the first episode is CM Punk mm -hmm. um, CM Punk replies to just write duh after the podcast, um, following a suggestion that they all need to get together and shake hands, um, there was heat on Dax Harwood over the podcast. No. But at the time this emerged, though, Chris Jericho and other top AEW fans told the locker room they would make sure CM Punk would not be brought back by the promotion. Because um, basically, as we've mentioned, Chris Jericho, Brian Downs, and John Moxley have established themselves as the locker room leaders in Punk's absence. But that's where we end 2022. Happy New Year for CM Punk as we enter 2023. Is it a happy new year though, Aiden? Well, it's a happy new year for me. Oh, yes. But is it a happy new year for CM? <laughs> okay, but this isn't called Aiden November. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lovely 2023. <laughs> uh, but so, as we enter the new year, CM Punk is still out of action with his torn triceps. Mm -hmm. But 
everything's a bit quiet on the on the CM Punk front. Uh, January, you start the year off slow if you're CM Punk. And what we do find out is that people close to CM Punk believe Tony Khan. If you're listening to it, Aiden's just decided that from now on, he's going to read his papers, <laughs> holding them right above his face... <laughs> I don't know. Did you have you, have you gone lost, blind since I, the break? I, I lost my spot, okay. so I found it again now. All but, right, Arn Anderson. <laughs> but <at> this, <laughs> <laughs> Kurt Hennig will be livid. <laughs> but what we found out at this point is to see him punk has been, I quote, put on ice for now. <laughs> um, at this point, there's no ideas for his return, and nor has there been talks about him being released. So. In late 2022, there was talks of a contract buyout, but it was just sort of yeah. little, little, little niggles. But those mm. those talks are done, brother. They're done. <laughs> and for now, Punk's just at home uh, eating biscuits and having more leftover Christmas sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> the way you said brother, though, just got me. Just, <laughs> it was like a posh version of you saying brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're done, brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that's normal, you said <laughs> it. It's, it's your quote voice. <laughs> brother. Brother. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know. I didn't know it was any different. You had your so. phone voice on for a brief second. There. <laughs> yeah. Hello, you're through to Felber and Alex. <laughs> is that your voice? Whose oh, no. house are you in? Is your voicemail going? No. So, it, so the, well, look, I don't have a voicemail, but, but but my nana's was like so posh. Oh. And it was just like, hello, you're through to Felber and Alex. I'm sorry I can't take your call right now, but if you leave your name and number, we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you. It's just like, you're from New Bick and all, what you're doing. What's <laughs> <laughs> called Felma? Felma? That's a great name. Yeah. What's your nana called? Mags. Mag, what's your nana called? Uh, she was called Gwendolyn. So I've got Mags, Mags and Gladys. Mags and Gladys. My oh, Gladys. Um, Rose and Gwendolyn. Oh, That's I, very grandma name. I had mm. Thelma and Helen. Oh, okay. Thelma's mm. a very granny name. Yeah, but Helen's come back into fashion a little bit. Yeah, it has, yeah. Very, very, very small. Let's get them there again. Yeah. There we go. Kids That's love nice Helen. Thing. Kids love Helen. <laughs> and, uh, and, and there'll be hell on when CM Punk gets back, probably. But is he really? back? <laughs> is he back in February, though? No, he's not. No, oh, he's not. A bit like the Western Front. In all February, quiet. no one died. In March, no one died. In April, no one died. <laughs> <laughs> so all remains quiet on the CM Punk front. I'm sure he had a lovely Valentine's Day. But um, he does remain connected to professional wrestling, though. We've got New Japan for Wrestling's Battle in the Valley event in San Jose, California. CM Punk is in attendance when busy in there a support of Mercedes Monet. Um, but he then has his first meaningful discussion of Brawl Out. We get it. It's been months, oh. but there's finally something. Kenny Omega wishes CM Punk well, while also admitting nothing could be discussed due to the signing of legal papers. Oh, so close. But he, he wishes everybody well, yeah. and he says this on The Sessions with Rene Paquette. Go on. Oh, for me, I think you're still going to read this <laughs> bit. Yeah. No. Get uh, reading. <laughs> it's a shame the general public aren't going to know what went down and how it could have been prevented, how it could have ended differently. That's how things go in a big business operation. I don't think anyone is happy or proud that it happened or anything like that. I think across the board, everyone thinks it was a terrible situation that was unnecessary. He continued by saying, Yes, I really do feel the atmosphere has cleared up. There was a time where, and I can understand the confusion, it's sort of like, hey, we know this thing happened. We heard this thing happened. It's all over the dirt sheets. We don't know what happened. And we're gone and we're kind of sworn to secrecy. We can't say anything legally. So that was 
the poopy part where it was like, well, why doesn't anyone tell us what's happening? And when you're forced to form your own opinions, what's important was no one was seriously injured emerging from that, and I'm so thankful for that. We've moved on with life. I'm completely fine. It doesn't dictate what I do, what I say, and I'm sure the Bucks are in the same boat. I can't speak to the other parties. Hopefully they're doing well, and I mean that. So, as we'll get to, people haven't moved on with life. No, <laughs> absolutely not. As we'll get to in part three. Mm. But sort of what we have here is at this point we're sort of looking and going, he hasn't been fired and there's little rumblings that he might be coming back by February time. It's sort of like, things are still in a slight stalemate, but things haven't gone one way or the other. But we do start to get stuff. The general vibe at this point, I seem to remember doing the videos and stuff, was that people, like, don't come back. Like, there's there was... I think because, because we'd seen it played out a certain way, Punk was very much on the whole, seen as the antagonist in all of this, obviously, because it was his pointed comments that got it started. But then you could also argue, I think, I, you know, I, I did a video and, I, and I've said, like, no party's innocent in all this. You know what? Um, the, the, you know, Kenny, the elite, did take the piss. CM Punk did take the bait. Tony Khan just sat there and watched it happen. No one's innocent in all this. And it's you'll see people who will take sides and go, oh, you're obviously pro-elite. Oh, you're obviously pro-CM Punk. Nope, nope. They're all dickheads. Equal measure. (laughs) They're all dicks in equal measure. It's all fine. So these comments from Kenny Omega, he kind of talks but says nothing. Like there's not much to say. He kind of ex- he addresses the fact that he's first, he knows that people want to find out the juicy gossip, but mm-hmm. you know this is the legal world of the NDA, and because a non-disclosure agreement has been signed, then there's nothing to talk about, and yeah, and, and that may be the case forever with mm-hmm. an NDA. It's it's uh, it's very rare that you can talk about an NDA once you've been given it, no yeah. matter how long standing that does stand. Uh, so no punk still on AEW television as we roll into. March, yes. but we're, does it feel like we're at least getting close to a punk return? So things, the rumbling continues. There's little bubbles. I take an earthquake. It's all, it's all, oh, we there. Mm-hmm. and then boom, here we go. All <laughs> 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 oh, boom. So the punk news cycle goes straight into high gear from a March twenty three. Yes, March 23rd report um, from Dave Meltzer, which reveals CM Punk now wants to return to All Elite Wrestling. Mm-hmm. This comes after a Dax Harwood reveal that Punk had been reading Steve Kern's book, which only made Punk miss the industry. So Punk alludes to Brawl out once again on the same day, March 23rd. He shares a story from Steve Kern's book about a fight with Coca Beware being quickly resolved by Jerry Lawler. Punk writes. Great story about Gator and Coco fighting in the locker locker room. Locker room, and then Lawler drags him in the office the next day and they squash it. Fascinating. Best book about a fascinating man in a strange business since Brett wrote his book. <laughs> but mere hours later, I'm there ready to go to bed, having a nice lie down, 11pm, and then <laughs> it all looked to be well and truly over. CM Punk goes to Instagram stories and he takes aim at AW, Chris Jericho, John Moxley and Dave Meltzer. He calls Melsa a liar. He calls Chris Jericho a liar and a stooge. And he also claims John Moxley refused to lose to him. We've Despite alluded to this. To him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have, we, we've, we've briefly mentioned this earlier, but we'll now go into the nitty gritty, mm. the weeds, if you will. 
Pong's post was in reference to a message board post. We are banned from the Figure 4 Weekly Online message board. Are we? Yeah, we can't get on. Was it that rant that you did that you could... Yeah. You said Dave Meltzer you oh. know, probably shops at... Uh... I revealed he hates chicken run. <laughs> Is that oh, what you did? Yeah, I know. He just doesn't want to be a pie. You... <laughs> You put you you wrote apparently Dave Meltzer shops at Heron Foods. Yeah, he shops at Heron Foods. <laughs> he loves some yeah, Thai chicken. With Heron Foods. <laughs> you can't get you can't get Dave, some good tell stuff. Tell Dave Meltzer that he's the one that got upset by it. My, my local supermarket said to eat Herons, yeah. but I started to stop by the chicken. Just was a bit off. Yeah, fair enough. The frozen right. chicken's alright. Have you ever yeah. tried the Heron from there? But no, <laughs> very tasty, <laughs> delicious. <laughs> but that's not how you're. No, I'm talking at a pickled herring. Yeah. Like, mm. Nom, nom, nom. Apparently, uh, as well as claiming that he shops at Heron Foods, apparently Aiden Gibbons went onto the figure four message board and said that when Dave Melter gets out of the shower, he puts his socks on first. <laughs> <laughs> what, before the towel? <laughs> it's just that naked. It just socks first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a different episode of Wrestling Was Over Radio, wasn't it? No, like, what? Just wet feet. Every time Dave Melter burps, he claims better out than in. That's apparently what you thought on the message board. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> you said that Dave Meltzer has 450 episodes of Homes Under the Hammer saved just, on his TiVo, but just won't delete them. He so it takes up all the space. He fucking loves Dion Dublin. But he doesn't watch any of it. <laughs> <laughs> but he refuses to delete them. Well, I do you know the weirdest tweet over the, over the um, well, a couple of weeks ago was it was um, Dave Meltzer just going, Bobby Charlton's dead. Like, thanks. No, that was a couple of weeks ago, as much as it, it feels like night. it was Sunday. No, no, at the time of airing. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's been a few weeks. Since, yeah, so yeah, the Bobby Charlton tweet came out of nowhere. I was, I, 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 <laughs> I wrapped me break because Dave Melter saying, you know, uh, best wishes to the family of Bobby Charlton who passed away, like football legend, uh, one of the, the key players in the 1966 World Cup. He's had the most goals, the most games for Man United in history. He's won three cups, one of the most, uh, one of the most incredible football players of all time, mm-hmm. a legend of football who passed away on the, on Sunday. And there's Dave Meltzer giving nod to Sir Bobby Charlton, Knight of the Realm. So it, I was thinking, did he did he wrestle giant haystacks in the 40s or something? <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the 60s or something? Have I missed the trick? No, that was just Jimmy Savile. Oh, I gotcha. mean, Yeah, because they did, he did in the Observer, he put like, and the BBC aired a dramatisation of Something linked briefly to wrestling about occasional wrestler Jimmy Savile. (laughs) (laughs) That's how we all know Jimmy Savile, occasional wrestler. I feel like it's wrong that we've talked about Sir Bobby Charlton and Jimmy Savile so close to one another. They are not connected. Both were knighted. Both knighted. Oh, oh, they were both knighted, actually, weren't they? They both appeared on the BBC. They both appeared on the BBC. They both. No. All right, I admit, I'm a goal scorer for England. (laughs) Thought so. <laughs> That's what it is, Tom Campbell flying down the wing. <laughs> I would not fly down the wing. I remember once doing a charity football match and I was a player manager, so therefore I <laughs> I rest I, I therefore I play football in the kit, but I had a suit jacket over the top. <laughs> Cause I was more for having a laugh than actually playing properly. You have the boots on as well. I had the boots on, I had the shorts on, I had the shirt on, but I had a suit jacket over the top. <laughs> I said, why I'm player manager? We lost 4-0. Oh. <laughs> Who'd you have on your team? Oh, it was a few of it was it was uh, two of the other presenters. David Beck. And then <laughs> and then our and then our street team who were like young strapping young yeah, people. Oh, okay. Thugs off the street. Thugs off the street. Homeless guys who we bribed with crisps. Off the streets of Worcester. Oh, God. Wolverhampton, mate. Wolverhampton. They're, 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 they're the best ones. Yeah. They're, anyway, look, we're getting off track. Yes. Let us get back. Message back. board. So, uh, I mean, so, so once you claimed that Dave Meltzer's mum 
sold um, cheese, sold cheese door to door to the Nazis. When you when you, when you claim, <laughs> you claim that close, she was an Avon salesman. Yeah, there we go. When you claim that Dave, Dave Meltzer's mum was an Avon salesman, and we got banned from the board. Yes. Uh, what did you gleam? So Pong's post was in reference to a message board post from Dave <laughs> so Meltzer that that suggested the AW World Title unification match between John Moxley and CM Punk on the August twenty fourth edition of AW Dynamite only had a short build because Punk agreed to do the match and then sent a legal letter to AW saying he wasn't going to do the match. <laughs> Punk did wrestle, according to Meltzer. <laughs> I don't know why I really like that. But, uh, but Punk wrestles after Tony Khan puts his foot down, something Tony Khan's not known to do. Something that CM Punk struggled to do a few months before. But the, the match was ultimately a three-minute squash where Punk got no offence in. But um, Punk, in his post, essentially claims that he wasn't cleared to wrestle in the squash match and that the plan was to have the match at all out. But plans changed, brother, brother, after John Moxley pitched a Rocky Free idea. At this point, Punk reveals that he's never seen a Rocky movie <laughs> and that was the biggest headliner of all of it. Really. <laughs> um, Punk thought the idea sucked, but Tony Khan wanted to do it. Punk then stated that Moxley refused to lose to him and that Tony Khan wanted him to do the match even though he wasn't cleared. Punk scoffs at this, saying his health was more important. This is, of course, something that Punk said in the past, going back to 2014, when he left WWE. Um, Chris Jericho responds in Chris Jericho fashion, post the, because Punk deletes the post very quickly. But Jericho replies with a gif of Matt Hardy doing his elite taunt. Delete, yeah. delete, delete. Um, John Moxley later appears on the sessions and said, if anything, he was the one bending over backwards for AEW because he wasn't even under contract at the time. Moxie signed a new five-year deal around All Out 2022. How much of this do we think is is Punk just coming back and just being belligerent? And how much of it is blown out of proportion? Because we know that Punk was in a, a bad place when he left. And it feels like even in all that time away, still nothing's been truly resolved. And it's just festered even more. So all we know is that at this point, Punk wants to come back, but it's still... Well, the TV's gone off. But, um, no. it, Talk amongst yourselves. but it's festering, essentially, where... None of this has been... He hasn't spoken to anybody, really, outside of we find out he's spoken to Tony Khan. Yeah. It's just been him and Tony Khan, and all the issues... He, st he still believes that people were feeding stuff to Meltzer, so he's annoyed about Meltzer. Um, he's, Chris, he's still irritated by Chris Jericho because he called him a cancer, and he's still irritated by John Moxley because, he, as far as he's concerned, John Moxley didn't want to do business. But hey, look, Even though John Moxley then did business. but yeah. Moxley did business. I, I think he is very justified in only one part of that rant, and it's the health aspect. If he wasn't genuinely wasn't clear to compete and he was unsure of his own health and Tony's going, you're doing the match. I'm putting my foot down. You're doing this match. That is thinking through a lawsuit, really. That is grounds for a lawsuit, yeah. And that's why he would have sent the legal letter. But the fact that he still went through with it and Tony's going, no, you're doing the match, you're doing the match. Punk is justified in being like, what the... F like, yeah. you know why I left the other place? You yeah. know? Like, the, it, I, I, he's known to shoot on people for putting his health in danger, and that is fair. Yeah. Like, Tony, Tony shouldn't have done that. Punk should have, though, maybe gone to him directly and been like, look, I really don't feel comfortable doing this, rather than going, right, legal letter, boom, here we mm. go just feels that's the only part of that that I'm like okay yeah he's justified but it shows you where the relationship currently is yeah. whereby that 
like that seems to be the only way that CM Punk is willing to communicate. to communicate is by by going straight to a legal letter rather than going. Hey, look, is there another way we can them. do this? Yeah, absolutely, it does. It's show, but it, it I couldn't imagine that a year before it would have been that. I feel like this this relationship has has fractured so greatly now that yeah. we're now using legal paperwork to have the simplest of conversations. Yeah, but what we do find out following the um, rant. A, a report from Fightful Select reveals that Punk was closer to an AEW return than we initially believed. It turns out people close to Punk actually believed he was open and possibly even wanted to come back to AEW. It also emerges that Tony Card and CM Punk have been in contact. As we've mentioned, they've been in contact since All Out. Punk's apologised. Um, and they'd spoken or had a couple of meetings. A meeting was planned for mid-February, but was delayed due to Jerry Jarrett's funeral. But there was even an agreement in principle for Punk to come back before the rant. Following the rant, though, people in AEW have lost confidence that Punk will be returning. And all throughout this time, Punk and the, well, no, the AEW locker room has heat. No, Punk still has heat with the AEW locker room. And Wade Keller reports on the March 28th, the majority of wrestlers in AEW don't want CM Punk to come back. Yeah. But some do. The majority don't, but there's some that do want I can get the vibe that there'll be some there that won't want to have anything to do with Punk there again because we're reaching this point where it sounds like he's... Whilst he's got an ear for you, if you have the respect that he deemed appropriate, if you anything different to that, then he won't have time and energy for you. Because there's loads of stories that we hear about Punk's behind-the-scenes uh, behavior. We obviously we focus on some of the negative ones, which we've talked about, and we will continue to talk about. But then, you know, we hear lots of good stuff from other people. There was, I believe, there was a story where he turned up just before Christmas with Starbucks gift cards for the AEW Women's Locker Room, mm. and 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 there's been a few people that have said like I always had time. Steampunk always made time for me. So there's, there's it's very divided. And I think Punk's mentality, and Mark Henry touches on it long after Punk's gone uh, and says, like, it's that old school mentality mm. that he doesn't budge on. And if you, you line up with his beliefs and ideologies, then you're going to get on marvelously. If you're slightly off to the left or slightly off to the right, then you're probably not going to meet eye to eye. Yeah. And, and that very much feels the case here. And I think that a lot of the characters involved in this, your Chris Jericho's, your Young Bucks, uh, aren't meeting eye to eye with him at all. And especially, I think, part of the issue as well as Punk at this point, he's apologised for the way he handled the all-out scrum. But he's not apologising for everything else, essentially. He's basically going, I'm sorry I went about it in that manner, but there was shit going on and it wasn't being handled. And, that, and this is still nine months on, not quite nine months, actually, mm. several months on. Yeah. It's still The crux of the issue was still there, where Hangman made this comment, Punk reacted to it, let it stew, and everything just sort of tumbled from there. Nothing's been resolved. We're still here. And everything still feels... Uh, like up in the air. Up in the air. Uh, we come to April. It's WrestleMania month. And at that point, there's more talk of a CM Punk return. And, it's, and it shows you how fractured things are because people are talking about him going back to WWE in April of this year. Yeah, so what we do get is... We leave March. At this point, people are a bit like, okay, well, it looked like he was coming back, but now it looks like that's finished. Mm. We start the month off quite quiet. Dax Harwood says he wants CMFTR versus the Elite AW all in. Um, 
Punk makes an appearance at FTR's live show saying, I do miss you fans. Is it over the phone? Over the phone. Yes, yeah. over the phone. Over the phone. <laughs> Hello, this is CM Punk. I can't get to the phone <laughs> right now. This is dope fan. <laughs> Hello, the FTR. Hello, dear. Um, Help but, is on the way. Oh, Tony, it was a drive-by fruiting. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he makes a call. So so Dax calls him from the uh, the live podcast that he does, and that's where we hear like mentions about WrestleMania. Hey, come WrestleMania! Hey, I it? miss you guys. We miss you yes. guys. But what we also get as well is um, CM Punk is continuing to tell people even after the rant that he wants to come back to AEW, though. <laughs> and he's laid out numerous scenarios for a potential comeback, which includes a willingness to of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Uh, the Elite are not keen on this idea, however. Fair. Absolutely fair. Because, well, nothing, again, nothing's been... Resolved. We sat down and had a conversation about it, and then he's going, hey, I'll have a match with you. Like, we're like, whoa, so hang hang on. On. You, you punched me in the face, and your best friend yeeted a chair at me. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not like... So nothing's been resolved. No one's apologised. All that's happened is they've signed NDAs and been told not to speak to each other. Yeah, and there's not you don't have much confidence that this guy's gonna uh, not go into business for himself. Yeah, I mean this is this is the crux of the issue. There's no trust anywhere. No, all the way back from March 2022 between anybody here and Tony yeah. Khan's like, eh. yeah, cool. You guys can sort it out in the ring. In no. the ring, <laughs> we can go one on one with the Undertaker. <laughs> 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 but but the the rumor mill really starts to pump up again. You've got to pump it up. <laughs> but what we find out on the 13th of April is that plans are once again in motion. Yeah. CM Punk's coming back. And the it's plans. Definitely happen this time, lads. Definitely yeah. happen so this time. Two weeks from it looks like it's all done. It's on again. <laughs> um, and the plan is for CM Punk to come back in June. Their plans to announce his return at the rounds the Warner Brothers Discovery upfront. They go, hey, this is what programming we've got on the way. Pay us money for ads is basically the crux of that. But nothing is set in stone, but that is the plan, as was a meeting between Chris Jericho and CM Punk. Mere months after Chris Jericho said, we would ensure this man is not brought back, Chris Jericho is now going to meet with him. Punk also wants to meet with the Elite too, but there was no word of any contact between the two sides because of lawyers. Mm. And then one day later, April 14th, we get the first talk of CM Punk being the star of AW Collision, this new Saturday night show that is on the way. There is reportedly going to be a brand split introduced to keep Punk and others who don't like CM Punk separate. This brand split ultimately goes through numerous iterations. It's hard, it's soft, it's got a semi, until we get <laughs> to the point basically where the brand split is effectively CM Punk and the elite, basically, people that aren't friends of CM Punk. Yeah. Now, this is an interesting way of solving the problem for Tony Khan. Instead of, you know, getting these people to legitimately sit down and deal with it, let's just have two wrestling shows. You play on that one and you play on that one. Yeah. And, and it doesn't really... And that's where, like, the hard law, hard brand split, the soft brand split thing comes from, the idea that you have kind of the two separate... Which isn't a, which isn't a, a bad idea at the time because the one big complaint that we had about AEW at the start of this year was the roster was so bloated yeah. uh, and it was because they were incorporating Ring of Honor as well because Ring of Honor was homeless at that point so it was kind of incorporating all the Ring of Honor belts and all of that stuff as well as well as bringing in random extras for things as well so there was there was so much going on and it was a nightmare to keep up with it so the idea of having a new Saturday night show where you could have some of the roster there and some of the roster there well that's fantastic add to that the fact that Ring of Honor was being sort of moved out of regular AEW programming 
gave a lot of room for the roster. But this brand new show needed a new face. It needed a face to front and center it. If only there was somebody on the Who verge of coming be? back that could step in and do it. Collision Man Punk. Collision Man Punk, you say? Yeah. Well, Aiden. Yes. What's the crack here? Oh, all right. April 16th. <laughs> so April 16th, mere two days later, <laughs> it emerges that Warner Bros. Discovery is heavily involved in CM Punk's return. And the likely plan at this point is for a feud between Chris Jericho and CM Punk when Punk does resurface in June. Warner Brothers Discovery didn't pressure Tony Khan to bring Punk back, but they were certainly very happy about the mm. idea of CM Punk coming back. The planned meeting between Chris Jericho and CM Punk then takes place on Friday the 21st of April and was said to be largely uneventful because it didn't descend into a fist fight, which is viewed <laughs> as a positive. <laughs> um, the idea centuries that Chris Jericho will serve as an intermediary between the locker room and Punk to try and smooth over relations ahead of a return. Um, Not a bad guy to have in that role. Like no, if Chris yeah. Jericho is now willing to, you know, do work what's with best Punk and do what's best for business, have someone there to kind of help, you know, feather feather the ground for the landing. Be a manager. Yeah. Be a manager, like an EVP without the name. Hmm. Which is what you said he was. But the situation is, so at this point we've got it right. Punk's on his way back. He's going to feud with Jericho. And then things just get weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember waking up and just being like, what the fuck is going on but um, what we find out is that the April 24th episode of Monday Night Raw takes place at the Old State Arena in Chicago a certain collision man punk was backstage at that event at this point WWE and CM Punk are not friends so wait 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 no you, you must be wrong because CM Punk saw Cole Cabana having pizza with Kevin Owens and said you must not fraternise with the enemy mm. yeah. that would be that would be very hip hypocritical of CM Punk to go to a Raw table whilst an AEW talent, surely... You would think. You'd right? think so. But as we'll find out in part three, there's one rule for CM Punk and, and one, one rule for everybody, for everybody else. else. So CM Punk is there. Essentially, he'd been in Orlando, Florida over the over the weekend to commentate on Cage Fury Fighting Championships. He's still a commentator for them. Yeah. But he ended up on the same flight to Chicago as several WWE talents. Like, hey, Tamina, how you doing? Hey, man. Whoever else is there? Man. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> uh, on a, his way to the ring. Yeah, man. man. <laughs> and then he discovers Raw's in Chicago. He's like, oh, I'm in Chicago. <laughs> I live there. I'm a Chicago. So see him put my house. Despite having not been backstage at a Raw event in... Uh, nine, years? nine years? Nine years nine by this point. It's just like, <laughs> and just walk goes in the building and he bumps into Triple H and goes, CM Punk, what are you doing yeah, yeah, yeah. here? <laughs> <laughs> they bump into each other in the common area. Punk asked if it's okay for him to be there. Triple H says he has to go and check with the big guy. Ryback. I know this is not. <laughs> <laughs> Why does Ryback get a say in it? But no, it was not. Not Ryback was in fact a different tall man, Vince McMahon. Omos. Omos. <laughs> yeah, you can stay. Give some crisps, Ryback. <laughs> so after devouring a nice big packet of Walkers ready salted, <laughs> Triple H got on the phone to. Now Triple H goes, "Hey, Punk, uh, I hear you like these," and pulls out a leftover Christmas dinner <laughs> again. Oh, this... you know me so well. By this point, it's quite a too rotting because it's <laughs> April. <laughs> 
It's, a, it's got the smelliest pork <laughs> of all time. It's like that sandwich that Homer eats. The yeah, yeah. Food poisoning. Yeah. I will take the kids to Duff Gardens. So what we've got at this point is you got... Um, Triple H has gone these merry ways go and check with Ryback Sprint- <laughs> you can see him like sprinting right, yeah. down the corridors in the real running I'll be right back deja vu <laughs> right back Omos can he stay can mum can you see a pug stay tonight he's like that kid in school that used to run everywhere just yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the man who's had horrible Rucks, heart condition on the front yeah. of I love Triple H with a rucksack on running everywhere it's like doing a random spin occasion I know what you yeah <laughs> because he's a dweeb as well, he's got both shoulders, not just, not just one strap. Yeah, have we here in high school rules? But, um, so, so yes, CM Punk's there. He remains in the common area while CM Punk goes and checks with the big guy. He ends up squashing the hit he had with the Miz, of course. Um, he told Miz to go and, what was it, suck air, blood covered uh, Saudi Arabian yeah. dick or something. Yeah. Saudi Arabian blood money covered oh, yes, dick. Blood covered dick, etc., is what I've written. Yeah. Uh, but um, CM <laughs> Vince McMahon was heavily not happy about the situation. Vince McMahon, by this point, is back with WWE and he's the head of creative at this point because we're literally about two weeks after the merger between WWE and UFC has been announced and is on the way in October but is he working remotely at this point I he's believe so, he he's is. working remotely so that's yeah. why he's got he's got on the phone to the big guy he's, he's t- um, <laughs> so why was he running he's got to get the phone is it like he hasn't got a mobile he's going to get the hard line pay phone. Yeah. He's, got, he's got no signal <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh I'll ring him no signal hang on <laughs> 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 Sonic. So, so, so uh, Triple H went, no chance in hell, yeah. and he gets Punk out of there. Picks, um, him, picks him up by his shorts. Picks up, gets thrown out. Um, at this point, nobody actually believes CM Punk was there because he wanted to come back to the company. Apparently, this is not the case, and Punk was simply backstage because he bumped into some friend and said, the hell with it. Ah, it's a Monday night, isn't it? It's, it's a Monday either, night. It's either that or, you know, going, you know, you're going to get a chippy. It's a bit of a different night out. Yeah. Pops the wrestling. Yeah. A few, well, nice night, a few nice nights out where you go, I'm just going to pop to the wrestling. Yeah. I went to a yeah. nice show in Newcastle many years ago. I said, I've got a night to myself. It's a wrestling, so I'm going to go to the wrestling. I actually Until can't Triple say... Until Triple H moved me on. I personally can't say I've never gone just randomly. Oh, yeah. Oh. I don't think there's ever been a show where I've been like, oh, that's on. I'll just pop first time, The first time I met Howard, H.T. Drake, was I went along randomly to a show in South Shields that Grado was on. I went, oh, I'm, I'm on my own. I'm going to go and watch a bit of wrestling in South Shields. Nice. And then uh, from there, I went to work for Absolute and then North and Where? then Impact, Impact Wrestling. Soon to be TNA. Soon to be yeah. TNA. Again. Again. But yes, yeah, so Tony Khan in the situation. CM Punk doesn't tell Tony Khan he's going to be at Raw. Um, so Tony Khan's like... Seek forgiveness rather than ask permission. Yeah. Um, you didn't give him a heads up because Punk didn't think it would be a big deal. Um, <laughs> the backstage reaction with Andy was one of disbelief. And they, I mean, they just didn't believe he was there. Um, there is speculation online at this point as well as that Punk is backstage to draw up interest in him going back to AW. Oh, yeah. That's also not the case. Um, but from Raw, Punk continues his tour of North American wrestling promotions as a few days later, he's backstage at Impact Wrestling Spring Slugfest tapings on Saturday, April 29th, also in Chicago. Chicago, a hotbed of wrestling, as yeah. well. Now, yeah, I mean, the one thing to consider in all of this is, like, Punk isn't just going, isn't flying to different wrestling shows. and like, in Chicago. Traveling. They just happen to be on his doorstep, you know, and it's that, it's either that or, watch the, or stay in and watch the snooker with AJ. Yeah, spend time so with his like, wife. Yeah, spend time with his wife and his yeah. dog. He's like, oh, I'm just going to nip out for a bit. Yeah. So it's like, they, they, they're in his house, they're in his, they're in his hometown, so it's like, oh, I'll pop over. 
as much as that he, he, people have denied, oh, it's, he's not trying to come back to get like uh, this or that. It's it not going to do any harm, is it? It feels like a, oh, here's a goodwill tour. Oh, look mm. how great this locker room is speaking. Oh, he squashed his stuff with a Miz. He must be a great guy backstage. It's a political oh, agenda there, yeah. isn't it? Oh, he's Impact. Love him. Cool. And then it's like, well, what's the what's the problem in AEW? It's not him then. Mm-hmm. He's happy that every other locker room likes him. He seems like to, he seems like he's having a lovely time everywhere, yeah. except AEW. Yeah, it makes him look like less of an asshole. Mm. Speaking of nice times, CM Punk is first spotted outside of the venue for Impact Wrestling. He then goes inside, as as you typically do when you're backstage. Um, he has a jolly old time as he shares kind words with talents, takes some photos, including one of Jordan Grace, and he plays a round of Uno. And what we found out this very day, yes. he plays Connect Four with Jordan Thanks Grace. Thanks to Wrestle yeah. Purists who also tell us that there was a game of Connect Four. Connect play. Four. Now, we, we don't know who won, or whether how I like to think is one of these giant versions of Connect Four. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I'm excited to find out? Like, because because uh, as we record this, uh, we yet to go on the, the UK invasion tour that starts this impact. week. Yeah, I don't know whether I mentioned oh, yeah. it. I'm doing impact. <laughs> did you know Dusty Rhodes is Cody Rhodes' dad? I did not know that. No, I want to know. Do they take these board games with them, or are they just in oh, the venue? You'll find out. Yeah, like, do do we have a Connect Four? They've got Travel Battleship. Yeah, like, and if so, what else is in the Impact Wrestling Traveling Ooh. Games box? Oh yeah. Can we play Travel Scrabble on the way to Coventry? <laughs> like, you know, it wouldn't fancy a game well, yeah. of Travel Scrabble. Can you reveal who you got in the, who you're in the car with on the way down with them? I don't know. No, I'm know. I'm on the I'm on the bus. You're on the bus. You're on the coach. Got a tour bus. I'm on the bus. Bloody the hell! I'm on the bus. It'll I'm be hoping you. to sit next to Grado and do a big dribbly sleep on his shoulder. We <laughs> Everywhere we go, people always ask us. <laughs> Is CM Punk coming in? I just you just going. And the wheels on the bus go. PCO, you're not joining. No, no. Well, the PCO's off the tour by this point. We just got bully Rafik in this fucking mark. <laughs> if you're happy and you know it's, like, it's, it's great. I've got, I've got a way I'm going to do some... It's inv- holding its hands. I'm going to do some investigative... Oh, you missed the clap news. <laughs> oh, Class, stop, clap slapping your, stop slapping yourself, Moose. <laughs> I've got... <laughs> I've got a plan based on that. (laughs) (laughs) Jonathan Gresham. (laughs) Yellow (laughs) Carlback. gonna just laugh him see, see how long I last yeah. what it'll be is you've got the DVD for the way down haven't you oh yeah like, you've got that little TV Shrek you'll put on <laughs> but it'll be the movie that they put on in silence so you'll watch Hot Spots or something <laughs> yeah. it's like you love this bit look Summerfield I'm just gonna play me George Michael really loud on my Spotify <laughs> oh you've been back on the bus you've got Scooter on the go <laughs> and jumping all over no, the world you. you'll be like guys can we have silent on the bus I'm actually presenting BBC <laughs> right so I've got a podcast today can you no, I've, I've got a plan to do some investigative journalism when I'm on the bus to find out what the crack is with CM Punk. I'm just going to go, if your name starts with CM, clap your hands and then see who... Ah! <laughs> CM Thompson was very upset. At exactly. What it'll be, it'll be you asleep on a steel, he's just gnawing at your hair. Ah, I mean, nice, Dad. I'm back home and Pablo's just chewing me hair again. Oh, it's a steel. He's like, look at that arm there. <laughs> What's nice is this comes out after the tour. So, <laughs> so by this point, <laughs> this is what happened. By well, this no, point, exactly. you've got a one arm. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> he got really hungry on the way to Coventry. Well, what if I about to go to this museum in the RAF, get me grander's wooden arm. It's now, oh, it's now yours. Full circle. Full circle. What a moment. That's why they pay me the big bucks. That is why they pay you the big bucks. Uh, so Impact and CM Punk uh, is yeah. a wonderful marriage here. It, like they, he, he has a lovely time backstage. He does. He's it, pleasant, in a good mood, and happy to be there. Yeah. CM Punk smiles all round. Nice. Lovely stuff. And, and, and I think, was he there? That was the same night that Trinity debuted? I don't know. So I've, it, around, I've, it might have been around about then, yeah. Might, have been, might have been an in-ring debut. Possibly, because I know Mercedes Monet Maybe was there too. the anniversary for the in-ring, right? No, it was not Rebellion. It was rebellion. No, it was, it was, I think it was, it was a TV taping. Google it, Fraser, Google it. But I'm sure Mercedes Monet was there as well. She was sat in the venue. Yeah, she was backstage, yes. Having a good old happy old time. I so, wonder if she played Uno. I reckon she'd play Uno. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? That's how they did. They played Uno with CM Punk and they went... Tell us if you're going to uh, go to WWE, you'll pick up 20. Yeah, yeah. But it's got to reduce. It's like, go fish. It's like, no, no, punk, that's the wrong game. Trinity debuted on May the 4th, 2023. Be with so you. So that might have been the taping, April I don't know. 20, 29th. Yeah, 29th? yeah, so it would have probably been the taping. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> uh, pick, up, pick up 20 or compliment Hangman Page. Yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> but off to May we go. Off to May, where we're full steam ahead on the CM Punk train. Choo choo! Choo choo! Here. Here we go. Be- on the CM Punk bus. Toot toot! Toot toot! Come on, Moose Clapgrass! <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I need to film that just for you now. Yeah. <laughs> moose looking fucking miserable as fuck. Just, just every every two seconds you go, moose. <laughs> That's your catchphrase. <laughs> getting closer and closer. To I could just be a complete dickhead mark to everybody, couldn't I? Yeah. <laughs> All right, moose. <laughs> hey, moose, are you fighting? Moose, have you ever been loose? <laughs> <laughs> That's a that's an English thing. You wouldn't get you it. Wouldn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the 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 CM Punk bus on the way to UK invasion tour. Um, <laughs> so plans where Chris Jericho was going to be the opponent by May 11th. This has changed. CM Punk wants Samoa Joe. Oh, the old ROH rivalry back. Roman Reigns. But on the CM Punk elite front, we're still no closer to resolving their issues. But at least one person not named CM Punk is willing to apologise and had been willing to do so for a while. The two sides were banned from Averton Base for some reason, but they're banned from making contract, though, due to legal issues. Oh. And, and, and by May 17th, we're, we're full steam ahead. Choo-choo. <laughs> and uh, this is the day of the Warner Bros. Discovery upfront. Plans are in motion to announce CM Punk's return. A graphic has been made for whatever match he's going to have with Samoa Joe. It's ready to be revealed. The debut episode of CEO The Love Collision is also set to have the tagline, The Second Coming. And the show will emanate from the United Centre. Big arena. But yes, yes, we're all we're all sat there. Big boy. Here we go. The announce of Collision is announced. It's coming June seventeenth. One person missing to this announcement is CM Punk. What we then come to find out was the situation descends into ridiculousness once again. We've already had in outs, in outs, shaking all abouts, and we're now, we're now out again. Mm. We've got another out. Hokey Cokey's coming, but uh, <laughs> it's not yet turned around. It hasn't yet turned around. <laughs> that is not what it's all about. <laughs> and so, Punk, by this point, the official press release lists CM Punk as a member of Collision. Isn't there a thing as well where there is some emails that go out? 
that say CM Punk in the yes, subject so, so, title. Yes, so what the press release says. CM Punk's in the in the subtitle, so and he's in the press release. It was it was kind of that. From what I understand, it was someone had got sent a yeah an early one. Uh, they got sent the wrong copy, but there was also in the web version the you can check the script right, and you can check what's been changed. And CM Punk's name had been taken out of the script and it had been changed into something else. So the oh. web script had been changed. Punk was there, then he wasn't. So they can see that edit and then you match it up with the, the leaked email, the one that was sent out incorrectly. You go, well, that was where he was meant to be. They clearly were going to announce it. But why not? But what happened there then? It well, was all friendly again. So the Warner Brothers Discovery, they say CM Punk is not affiliated with TNT's AEW collision. From there, we find out CM Punk and AEW, shock horror, are at odds once again. Oh. This time over Ace Steel, uh, as, as we've recalled, Ace Steel gnawed on Kenny Omega's <laughs> arm. He was then fired. Um, but what we come to find out is by this point is Ace Steel has been rehired by All Elite Wrestling at some point between Brawl Out in June, uh, May even, sorry. And... He was ex- basically they, they sort of made a little tickle where Ace Steel was meant to be back on the road with All Elite Wrestling upon the launch of Collision on June 17th. But Tony Khan and AEW decide Ace Steel will not be coming back on the road and he will have to work remotely on CM Punk's creative. Um, this all leads to CM Punk being pulled from all promotional material for AEW Collision on May 17th, literally mere hours before the Literally upfront, the yeah. yeah, and then emerges that well, as I mentioned, he's not going to be a presence because it's, it's decided A Steel's presence at TV tapings would upset some talent. Yeah, and despite the understanding, it's been nished. Punk disagrees with this decision. Really? Um, at this point, Punk's status for Collision is up in the air, uh, but um, top AEW wrestling Dynamite are perfectly fine if Punk never comes back. I mean, that's the, again, it's that mixed vibe on Punk's return or not. I mean, the whole thing was the, the building's this new show was going to be with CM Punk as the centerpiece. So we were show. all really caught off guard by like, okay, so he's not mm-hmm. in the mix here. Because the whole thing was, this is CM Punk. The whole point of the show is that it's CM Punk's show. What was the, the, fair enough, what was the point of watching it? But there's only so many hours you can dedicate to watching wrestling. Mm-hmm. I, my initial thought when it was like, oh, he's not been announced at the discovery thing I and before the news came out that oh he's been pulled from it I was thinking oh they're going to do another worst kept secret where it's like oh we'll make loads of teases and, and everyone knows he's going to be there it's called the second coming you know that's in Chicago United Center I thought they were going to redo his return to wrestling um, uh, clearly not though <laughs> the question is though because if they okay so if Punk's not coming back what are and you going to do? What are you going to do? Because the first one is in the United Center in Chicago, and that was going to be the perfect place to bring CM Punk back. And do you keep it in Chicago? So what they, in fact, were going to do is not keep it in Chicago. Ah, there we go. If CM Punk's not returning, what we find out over the next week following these incidents, Punk status is up in the air, AEW have a backup plan. Uh, we don't quite know what the backup plan is, but we believe it's, it was going to be Daly's place. Which I would say that's normally easy for an AW. easy go back to just, just coming out of Jacksonville. Yeah. Or um, whether it be service station. But the Either t- are good. <laughs> but yeah. the two sides, they remain in contact. Like they, they keep sending texts like, hey, brother, miss you. 
or sort of stuff. W U two. W W Y D. You know, just contract negotiations. We've just got one as the loneliest number playing it all by myself. It's all very sad. Tony Khan's crying. Why not? Punk's crying. Punk's going. I don't want to come back. I really want to come back to wrestling. But you're making this so hard. No. Oh, I just wish I could just come back to wrestling. And then, but I mean. But bear in mind this this point as well. CM Punk has worked out a deal for his best friend to one get hired yep. despite gnawing on another wrestler's arm and get back pay. He was he was fired and received back pay. It was like, oh no no, we never fired you, eh, Steel. Mm. He has a big pile of money. He just got a lump sum. Like, yeah. But I remember saying this at the time though. This is a lot of hassle over Ace Steel. Yeah. Yeah. But fair enough, it's his best friend or like best friend of AEW. But like, it's Ace Steel. Well, Why yeah. is there so much hassle? For Steel. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. I think he's just punk. Probably he owes his mate a solid for yeah. all the years that they've been friends and wants to look wants to do right by him. And he may feel that you know after the whole Colt Cabana thing that there's not many super close friends that he's got. And Ace is one of them, so he's going to look after him. Yeah, it's quite clear that Ace is incredibly loyal to Punk. Yeah, like more so than anyone. And it, it, uh, to me, and looking forward ever so slightly, where Ace Steel goes, it does give that sort of feel. Oh, Punk might follow him and they still might follow Punk and it's a, like they're going to be a double act they're the new Penn and Teller they're Ooh. the new Ant and Dec <laughs> they're the new Malcolm and Wise Mo- Torval and Dean yeah you know? Torval and <laughs> But Holly and oh, yeah, no, because it was just weird because it was sort of there's millions of dollars riding on Ace Steel Never has there been millions of dollars riding on his steel. <laughs> I mean, there is that. CM Punk's situation here. He uh, back he, back in November, back in September of the previous year, he brought the company into disrepute. He dragged major management through the dirt and made awful comments about some of the top talent. And the response to this has been... He's done this again as well paid, in March. Yeah. And, yeah and, it, and also, whilst off, you know, in the reaction to this, he has willingly gone to the competitors and had a little look around and made a fuss of himself. And Tony Khan's response to this is, I will rehire your best friend with back pay and we will give you your own show. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Come on. It's bonkers, isn't it? it? When you look at it like that, it's bonkers. The big thing here is, the, the the one thing that kind of excuses it is, it's CM Punk. It's like one of the biggest names in wrestling of the last decade or so, if not more. Like, genuinely a needle mover in wrestling, as proven. You know, had this been any other wrestler, there's no way that all of that... They, they would have. Oh, gosh, I'm so sorry you were upset with the way that we ran companies and you had to eviscerate us on live television. Let us move this mountain to make everything better for you. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't have it, and you would not see Vince doing this. It feels very WCW with Hogan. Like, yeah. It feels like something, something that Hogan would have Oh, had very. Done. And I think Punk knows it based on some of the things that he does in he his does, yeah. final run. Punk knows he's got all the power. Yeah. And that they're not going to do anything. Mm. Or, or so he thinks. Because as Varus says, power resides where people believe it resides. And Tony Card is very much let it reside with CM Punk. Oh, completely. Completely. Is, is Punk Littlefinger type? No. No. Because he's been very open with it all. He's Joffrey. Yeah, there we are. Joffrey's a great show. He's kind of Joffrey-esque in his run, mixed with a little bit. He thinks he's Jon Snow. He thinks he's or Rob Stark, the King of the North. Yeah. He thinks he's the noble one, but he's 
Joffrey. Joffrey. Yeah. <laughs> He's just Joffrey. But so, but we've got all this tickling along, and by May 24th, oh, it's back on again. We're back on again. And by this point, I'm swaying in my chair. <laughs> yeah. Between all this in outs, in outs, shaking all about. <laughs> and it's just like they resolve the latest issues. By this point, it's back on. Punk is nailed in. It's on. June 17th of the episode of Collision at the United Center. We then get it. On the May 24th episode of Dynamite, we find out the debut episode of Collision will indeed emanate from the United Centre. The issues are believed to have been resolved in a meeting between CM Punk and Tony Khan, where a number of issues are worked out. Where, I, as we've mentioned, it's probably just Tony Khan going, Oh my God, we are so sorry. <laughs> we are so sorry, CM Punk. Please have everything you want. Have a basket of muffins. Please don't leave me. Please don't leave, Please don't leave me. Please never leave me again. I don't want to be left with just me. Please, please. It's like a toxic relationship. Yeah, he just goes, you're just too good to be true, and he can't take his eyes off him. <laughs> it's like, oh. And then May 31st comes around. It's official. Tony Khan has announced CM Punk after everything, after the ins, the outs, after all the rants, all the other shit. He, in fact, is he's coming back. June 17th, it's official. We have the first image of CM Punk on AWTV in nine months. I don't know if you guys heard, but I'm tired of being nice. And it is there where we leave Punk Vember for this week as CM Punk is on the precipice of a return. All has been resolved after all the to-ing and fro-ing. CM Punk back in the fold in AEW, and this time, I know it's for real. What could possibly go wrong? Find out in part three of Punk Vember. Uh, we have to thank Aidan Gibbons, the cultaholic.com tribal editor-in-chief, who has worked on essentially a dissertation uh, to bring you Punk Vember. We've just been here just, yeah. just, just shooting the breeze off of the work that Aidan has done. So all the props go to our cultaholic.com tribal editor-in-chief. Thank you. Acknowledge you. I have a master's in this. You have a master's, yeah. yeah. In, in punkology. punkology, yeah. It's a punkology master's that you're putting to good use. <laughs> That's why they call me the chick magnet. It is. They do what? Do you call you that? At the Christmas party, we certainly did call you the chick yeah, magnet. master. Chick master. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we called you Mick Chagnet. You looked a bit <laughs> like the guy I knew at school. Uh, so we thank uh, the Aiden Givens on Twitter uh, for Punk Vember. We thank Fraser Porter, the Fraser Porter. Um, what a what a ride that was. That was good fun. Yeah. That was yeah. good fun. I'm, I'm excited for the next part. Let's see how it all ends. Let's, let's, let's put a bow on the CM Punk AEW saga and we will do it next week here on the Cultaholic podcast feed. And of course, for the latest wrestling news throughout the week, you can check out cultaholic.com. Stay safe and love you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 